Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, 101.5. The streets of Union City. To your nighttime radio. Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. Seven till eleven, live local and live. Steve Travelis, Sunny Jersey, one hundred one point five. Weekday night, Steve's live local and live. Call him at one eight hundred two eight three one hundred one point five. Can you believe it's Thursday night already? Thursday night in New Jersey, and you and me are going to be hanging out, talking all things Jersey till 11 o'clock tonight. Music, movies, television, New Jersey, New Jersey, 101.5 was Trevia, and we did that last night. Tonight, uh, we've got special guest Jim Babjack from the Smithereens calling in, talking about Jeff Beck's passing, Clarence Clemens' birthday, what's going on with the Smithereens, and Gigantar which is an incredible statue that's going to be unveiled at the Stone Pony on Saturday. That's going to be about 10-10. Meanwhile, we got all kinds of stuff. But this, I start with great news. Great news if you're dealing with addiction. Uh, New Jersey residents will soon be able to anonymously get the opioid antidote drug Noxalone for free at many pharmacies across the Garden State. The initiative was announced Thursday by Governor Phil Murphy during the State of the State Address, part of an effort to combat the ongoing opioid crisis in New Jersey. We lose about 3,000 people a year between 2018 and 2021 overdoses. Preliminary figures show the total dropped by 231 last year. Can you believe that? If you're dealing with addiction, if you know someone who's dealing with addiction, give me a call. 1-800-283-101.5. Now you're going to be able to get Narcan for free. No matter, regardless of your insurance, regardless of uh, who you know or don't know, you can just walk into the pharmacy, get the Narcan if you need it. And I wouldn't be surprised if people start keeping it uh, all over in public places the way they keep defibrillators. Because that's how bad the opioid problem is in New Jersey. That's how bad the addiction problem is in New Jersey. But uh, Kevin Mira is the uh, founder of City of Angels. And they help people regardless of insurance when it comes to dealing with addiction. He's going to be calling in to weigh on it, uh, weigh in on it. But how do you feel about it? 1-800-283-101.5. Do you know anyone who is suffering from addiction, who is dealing with addiction? Any families who are dealing with addiction? How scared are you about, you know, the possibility of an overdose? And God forbid it should happen, you not being able to do anything about it. Well, now you can. Now you can because you can go to your pharmacy and just ask for the uh, Narcan. Ask for the Noxalone. And uh, get it and be able to administer it. 1-800-283-101.5. How will this affect you? I think, uh, I think it's one of the best things Governor Murphy has ever done. And not that he's done a lot of good things, but I think this is definitely one of them. Kevin Mira joins me now, CEO, founder, City of Angels, does the work of the Angels. A long time, my friend. How are you? This is Trevor Lee. It's good to speak with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It takes great news like this to get you back on the air. What are your thoughts now? You can just walk into the pharmacy and get the Narcan. 
At first, I have to congratulate you on being a new uncle. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, how Listen. about that? <clears throat> Am I an uncle to a boy or a girl? <laughs> a boy, Colton. Oh, Colton, how about that? Very cool. Okay. Yes. Thank you. All right, so tell me, what are you thinking? Well, um, look, you know, Narcan uh, serves a purpose. It saves lives. And um, the easier it is to get it, to distribute it, um, it's obvious that there's going to be more lives saved. So, you know, we're 100% in favor of it. Uh, we've been working to make Narcan more accessible. It, um, I, I don't know if you remember, but last year the Trenton Thunder had uh, an addiction awareness night. Yeah. And we worked with them in the state of New Jersey, uh, Assistant Commissioner Valerie Milkey, and had the first uh, Narcan distribution in a major league baseball park. So, you know, there's definitely more effort. I give kudos to the state for moving forward on this. We know it's controversial. I mean, there's people that don't feel Narcan should be deployed, you know, that uh, it's just... uh, Well, the alternative is so much worse. I mean, come on, this should be everywhere. This should be like in malls next to the defibrillator. Wherever there are public places, wherever there are lots of people, there's the possibility of someone overdosing. So why not make it available, totally available? That, that, that's a good point. You know, the, the problem, the people who are against it, is because of the stigma that's associated with people with substance use disorders. Because, look, to me, Narcan is to an overdose as a defibrillator or, or nitroglycerin is to a heart attack, right? Or right. epinephrine is to a bee sting or an allergic reaction or even uh, antivenom to a snake bite. These, mm-hmm. these are things that are out there that saves a life. So is one life more valuable or different than another? Um, unfortunately, you know, in, in with the stigma that's out there, there are people to believe it. I mean, even, you know, law enforcement is, is so far ahead of our educational system and, and even our medical system. But I was down in um, Virginia uh, a couple years back, uh, special agent to state police, Virginia State Police, asked me to speak at a high school, and he was introducing me to people. When we got up on stage, he said, you know that sheriff you just met? I said, yeah. He said he won't allow Narcan in his police vehicles because he didn't believe in it. What does he believe in then? Death? I mean, really? See, it's not about belief. It's about saving lives. You know, there's no judging here. It's just like you said, you know, what do we do? Bee stings, heart attacks, etc. So what do we do when this situation happens? We say, well, you know, dying of addiction or overdosing is not any more or less important than anything else. We need to have it. Two things, Steve. Number one is if you don't have sympathy for someone with a substance use disorder or, as we call it, an addict laying on the floor after an overdose, just think of the responding police officer or EMT. They either go home that night and tell their wife that, you know, I just uh, had another kid die, or they go home and say, I I just gave someone back to their family. Right. The second point is I do understand. Look, Narcan is at the end of the lifeline of someone with substance use disorders. If that's what we're going to depend on, if we don't start figuring out how do we get to the front of the lifeline and, and stop this, then we have a problem. Well, that raises the question. 
you know, what about the addicts who already feel omnipotent since they're you're using that I don't have to worry about this because God forbid anything, not even, if I have to worry about this because anything should happen, there's always Narcan. Well, you know, that, that could be going through their, their minds. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, a lot of addicts isolate and do their drugs in their room. That's where, you know, they're going to be found when they overdose. Right. Um, it, it's, that's where a lot of it happens. Um, I mean, in, you know, I, I looked at some totals that are out there, and I think from like uh, 18, 2018 to 2022, there was 77,000 Narcan deployments in New Jersey. Right. And um, so you know what they would have resulted in, uh, you know, um, that's pretty much an overdose death, although some of them could have been, you know, additional. And in 22 alone, there was about, 20, I believe, 25,000 deployments. So, um, you know, those are would usually result in the death of, of, of someone. You know, so these are your sons, your daughters, your cousins. Um, in some instances, it's wives and husbands. Um, you know, most of them are good people with a bad problem. Yeah. Kevin Mira, uh, founder of City of Angels, lost his son to an addiction, to an overdose, and uh, has formed City of Angels and spends his life saving lives. He's been in here, I can't tell you how many countless of times, and he's messing around, we're having fun, commercials come, and he's on the phone just helping people, getting them directed to the right place. Whether or not you have insurance, City of Angels will help you. Cityofangelsnj.org. Anything you want to add before I let you go? Just a big thank you to you and 101.5. We wouldn't be able to help if it wasn't for you. You guys lead the way in getting the information out, you know, to our communities. And, and we thank you. Happy New Year. And Art and I will be up there soon to uh, cause havoc up at 101.5 with you. Uh, we are waiting. We'll have a pizza in the studio when you get here. <laughs> a pizza what? You'll be bringing it. That's why I'm asking. A pizza what? <laughs> All right, my friend. 1-800-283-101.5. Kevin Mira, love that guy. He truly is the best, and he truly gives a damn. All right, so how do you feel about making Narcan available uh, in the pharmacies for those that need it? 1-800-283-101.5. Senator Joe Vitale is hanging out. He'll be right back. His, uh, before I get to uh, New Jersey 101.5 fast traffic, did you ever hear or say this? I can't tell you how much weight I've gained since I can't do the things I used to do, or this pain is holding me back from my walk, my run, my activities. Well, it's time to finally do something about it and get back to doing what you love. Trinity Rehab can help. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed, same-day appointments, fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it or not doing anything but making you feel loopy or drowsy like other places. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Farmington, Toms River, and Warm. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. New Jersey weather brought to you by NJ Lottery. Live larger with the New Jersey Lottery. Now with pick three, there's more to celebrate because more winning tickets are an even bigger prizes. Any winning $1 straight wager is guaranteed a $500 prize. 
late pick three, because anything can happen in New Jersey. They may even let you get Narcan on demand at the pharmacy should you need it. 1-800-283-101.5. That's what Governor Murphy talked about at the State of the State. Your thoughts? We had Kevin Mira from City of Angels on. And uh, from the 19th District, we have Senator Joseph Vitale on. Senator, thanks for calling. How are you? Oh, great, Steve. How are you? All right. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, uh, first and foremost, let me thank you for raising this issue and talking about it on your on your show tonight. And you have a, little, you have a lot of viewers and you're reaching a lot of people with this message. And, I mean, I, I know where to start, but, you know, some of the, the calls have called him Kevin's is a great guy and his organization is amazing. Uh, but the analogy that, you know, if you know defibrillators are available, if you have heart disease or heart attack, EpiPens are available, and why shouldn't this be? And so... Why you know, there, there is a little, you know, what, yeah, exactly. So if someone goes to the pharmacy to ask, you know, there'll be a little bit of a discussion with the pharmacist in terms of how to use it. Right. Um, but you know, you have to have it available if you're, a, if you have a loved one who has the disorder, or a friend, uh, or yourself. You know, if you're, if you have an addiction and you want to be be available for your family member, you should have it and now can have it. Um, this kind of been an evolution. You know, it's six or eight years ago when we really acknowledged that we were in the middle of an epidemic. Uh, we did a lot in terms of making it available through first responders, right. so police, fire, EMTs, and others who now can have it on their rigs or in their cars, uh, and to respond. And you know, when I speaking to some of the local officers here in Woodbridge, you know, they respond often and sometimes multiple times with one person over the course of a year. Uh, but it's an awful addiction, and it's hard to break. And the, I think one of the things that comes out of this is the people who. Do recover uh, if, if if they're given the Narcan. Uh, many of them finally will seek out treatment because it's really the last. This is the last straw, right, for them. They they just died. I mean, their heart stopped. Right. And so now it's like, do, do I go through this again, or do I try to get help? And so we've done our best to try to provide help for people and access to care. Uh, and so, you know, again, I want to just thank you for raising this and making people aware that it exists now. I'm really, you know, I, I, my pleasure, honestly. You know, I, it's not beyond the scope that pretty much everyone in New Jersey knows someone or knows someone that either is addicted or tragically has died from addiction. You're talking about 3,000 deaths every year. So this isn't something that's in somebody else's house. This is something that's in everybody's house. And you're not that far, none of us, from that connection. And it, it's about time that, you know, somebody started doing something about it and that it should be this accessible. Yeah, I have friends, you know, a friend who has, um, you're extraordinarily wealthy. And, you know, they, their son, this is a classic example, their son that was injured in, during a sporting event in college, uh, had surgery, was given some pills, uh, became addicted, and these are classic examples of addiction, right? right. So he finally kicks it. Um, about four or five years later, he, he, he falls off the wagon. He and his girlfriend uh, uh, take some heroin. She wakes up. He doesn't. Wow. And so, I mean, the tragedy is that maybe it could have been prevented if she had Narcan available. But, you know, this happens to everyone, no matter your wealth or your color or your economic status or your age. Uh, this is an addiction that's really sweeping across all different socioeconomic levels. And, and so, and again, you know, people don't talk about it because it's one of those the things you don't discuss at the, at the dinner table, but, you know, I, I think we've evolved a little bit now and understand that this is really necessary. Are you finding more and more people talking about it? Are you, are you finding more people in your day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, correspondence are talking more about it now that it's more out in the open than it ever was? No, addiction for sure. 
I mean, obviously I'm old enough to remember that, you know, people didn't talk about alcoholism at the right. table or during a family, you know, oh, he has a drinking problem or even domestic violence. These are taboos that no one ever discussed. And now it's really, it's, it's become mainstream, which is good um, that people talk about addiction and they accept it as just another medical disorder that someone has. And plain and simple, whether it's heart disease or cancer or an addiction. Now, the distinction is, of course, it's illegal to have drugs. Right, of oh, course. It is what it is. We're not going to solve that problem right now. No, what we want to solve is trying to keep people alive, right? Exactly. And that is, in that situation, it's only about keeping somebody alive, not judging them, not deciding whether or not they deserve to live or die. Person dying, we now can help them. And that's what's most important. You're not the judge. I mean, think about the people who have some friends have lung cancer and they say, well, they smoked, they deserved it. Or they had heart disease because they were obese and ate crappy food. Well, they deserve to have a heart attack. Well, no one deserves it. Nobody deserves it. No way. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. That's just crazy talk. And fortunately, the vast majority of New Jerseyans get it. (laughs) Well, hopefully this, this is a major step and hopefully there'll be more major steps to come and we can beat this thing. Senator Joe Vitale, thanks so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's a pleasure for what you're doing. Thanks, Steve. Have a good night, man. You got it. You too. I one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five from the nineteenth district. Senator Joseph Vitale. Your thoughts now? Narcan is available. If you're dealing with addiction in New Jersey, someone in your family is dealing with addiction, you are dealing with addiction, tell me, you know, how is it hitting you? How do you feel about this? Is this is this a great relief? Do you feel better now when you worry about someone knowing that, God forbid, something should happen, that help will be readily available? Much more so than it ever was. That it's just a pharmacy away. You know, that, that it's just an emergency call away. 1-800-283-101.5. Tell me your story. If you're dealing with addiction, if you know anyone who's beating addiction, it's so prevalent in New Jersey. 3,000 deaths a year. You don't know somebody that knows somebody. You know somebody. Or somebody maybe even closer to you than that. I've got friends and relatives, you know, in my family, in my circle that deal with it. Uh, Artie Lang came in here, announced his, uh, announced his rehab, and thank God he still fights it every day. And every day I pray for him and all those people who are addicted. 1-800-283-101.5. We can now get Narcan on demand in New Jersey. Program's going to be launched. Governor Murphy talked about it yesterday at the State of the State Address. This may be one of the best things, if not the best thing, the governor has done. Not that he's done a long list of good things, but this could definitely be one of them. 1-800-283-101.5. If you're dealing with addiction or know somebody that's dealing with addiction, uh, give me a call. Let's talk about it. How do you feel about the Narcan being readily available? It's 7.30. Now the latest news. All right, good news. Great news. If you're dealing with addiction and you worry about someone you know dealing with addiction being out on the street, free naloxone, free Narcan on demand will be available in pharmacies and uh, you'll be able to get it anonymously. No problem. If you need it, it will be there for you. 1-800-283-101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. If you're dealing with addiction, uh, give me a call. Uh, Sean is in Keensburg, New Jersey, 101.5. Sean, how you doing? Hey, good, Steve. How are you today? Okay, what are you thinking? Well, I, I, I deal with addiction, Steve. Um, I, I am an alcoholic. Right. Um, I, I, I deal with addiction every day. I go... Um, I've been dealing with this probably 30 years and 
now I'm in an IOP program um, where it helps me. But, you know, I, I, I bless everyone there that deals with addiction because it, it, it's hard. It's hard. One day at a time. As cliche as that sounds, what's it like for you? Um, it, 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 it affects my world. I mean, literally my world, it affects, you know, my wife, it affects a lot of things. And, you know, um, I'm trying to do the best I can. Are you going to meetings? Have you reached out to anyone? Yeah. I mean, I go to meetings. I go, like I said, with IOP, I go four days a week. Right. Um, you know, so, but it really affects my world. I mean, it affects my lifestyle. It affects my home life. It affects everything. Um, you know, alcohol is so prevalent there, you know, it just, you can get it anywhere and it just sucks. You know what? You're on the right path though. You know, you, you recognize the problem, you're dealing with the problem, and I'm sure your family supports you, you know, and I support you. Yeah, and absolutely. Best of luck, Sean. And keep in touch. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Jane's in Bayonne on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Jane. Hi, how are you? Good. How about you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, my daughter's a public health worker in San Francisco, and I right. know we're talking about New Jersey here, but it's right. the same thing. They're giving out Narcan. Right. Uh, as part of a, a nonprofit organization that she's working for. And it also has to do with HIV and uh, the other things. But either way, you can come to the center and you can get free Narcan. And they also walk the streets and give it out. But the only requirement is that they tell you how, if they've used it before, and how many doses it took, because they want to learn, right? How many right. doses did it take to save your loved one? And right. then, you know, maybe this couple walks in, a young, you know, two young people, and she said, I used two doses on him. And then she starts crying and she's breaking down. And there's like an avenue to have a conversation and maybe get some help or medical assistance, um, you know, for this type of thing. And But they give it out regularly and people are using it and they are thanking them for saving lives, literally. Well, you know what? The more the more you give out, the more you learn. Well, the more lives you're saving, and the more you know, the more we can grow in the fight against addiction, which you know makes this so. This is a major step. You know, they had a free Narcan night at the Trenton Thunder. I remember when that went down, and there was a lot of negativity about it. Who ever heard of such a thing? And now you see, okay, well, that's how big this problem is. That's how big addiction is, not only in New Jersey and California, but this country. And now we're at the point where we're making making uh, Narcan available everywhere so that, you know, God forbid anyone needs it, it's there, as opposed to it not being there and people die, which is what's been happening. And no judging. No judging. No. There's no anything. You disease don't anything. judge. You know, the disease is the disease. The addiction is the addiction. It's not judging you. It's, it's, it's killing you. And when it comes time, in that, in that moment. It's killing you. HIV is killing you. Yeah. I mean, all the things that go with it. Fentanyl is killing you. They're giving out tests for that. I mean, they really come a long way. So and I now we got the fentanyl that. dealing with the addiction, making it that much worse. Absolutely. They're just dying. Dying left and right. Well, this so is a good. What the Narcan's for. <laughs> this is a good step in the right direction, Jane. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Robin is in Woodbridge on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Robin. Hey, Rob. Hello. How you doing? I just want to say, like, I, 
suffer too, just like the other gentleman, from alcoholism, and I have been, I'm also in IOP programs, and um, I, I mean, if I can't plug the name of the facilities that have been helping me. Sure, go ahead. Is RCA, is Recovery Centers of America. Right. They, um, as I did inpatient there, and then I did, the, you know, the partial, this PHP is called Partial Health, you go there. You know, like a you know Monday through Friday kind of job, and then the IOP is nights, you know, nights, and then you graduate to like a GOP, which is a general. And um, they're a great organization, and they 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 very they have many offices, uh, many facilities everywhere. I spent some time in the Pennsylvania facility in Bedminster, right. and they have one right here in South South Amboy and Meridian Bay, New Jersey, and they're, they're all over the place. So they're a great organization. And How's it been working out for you? Very good, very good. I, you know, I have been in and out a few times, but um, they give me a lot of tools to work right. with and a lot of um, a lot of different uh, ways of looking at things and a lot of a support, a lot of support. Yeah. Do you see road to recovery for yourself? Uh, yes, I'm still very much trying. I do try to go to meetings outside of that that realm, but um, I. Yeah, that's the goal, of course, to, to stop it. Because, you know, it. It almost killed me quite a few times, so, you know, I had full time. Well, you know, if you could see the road to recovery, you know, there are people who go just say, I'm going, what am I doing this for? But when you can actually see the road to recovery, you could actually see yourself getting better. That's when it'll happen for you. You know, I pray for you. I hope that, you know, I, I, hope, you, I hope you make it. You know, and it sounds like you're on the right path. Thank you very much. All right, Robin, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. We started on happier topics, but this is a happy topic when you think about the lives that could be saved. Free New Jersey Naloxone on-demand program will be launched. David Mathau's got the post at nj1015.com. We had Kevin Mira on. We had Senator Joe Vitale on. How do you feel? about this. If you're dealing with addiction in New Jersey, if you are dealing with addiction yourself, if someone in your family is addicted, uh, how does this, uh, how does it work out for you? Does it make you feel relieved knowing that should someone need it, uh, Narcan will be more available than it ever was? Lives could be saved, maybe the life of a loved one that may not have made it. We have, we're losing about 3,000 people every year between 2018 and 2021 in New Jersey. We haven't gotten the 2022 figure, but we're on the right track to hit that number. Now you've got fentanyl, uh, you know, making things even more difficult. So the Murphy administration uh, launched a naloxone distribution program that allows eligible agencies in New Jersey to request direct shipments of naloxone online anytime they need it. That happened last July. Now we're putting it uh, in the pharmacies. Now, kids can get it, anybody that needs it. And, of course, you have to learn how to use it. Uh, like I said, if it were up to me, and, and it will not be up to me, but it's probably going to happen, that everywhere, malls, department stores, anywhere there are public places, where there are defibrillators, where there is first aid equipment to deal with people, there should be Narcan to deal with people who deal with addiction who are in that situation where it becomes life or death. Not about, gee, how did they get there? I don't want to hear a life story. I don't want, I don't want atonement. I just want to know that your life is going to be saved right now. Because in that moment, it's only about saving lives. Your thoughts, 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. Stay there. Wherever the road takes 
1-800-283-101.5 is the number. New Jersey 101.5 wants you to hit the road. The Garden State RV and Camping Show returns to the New Jersey Convention Center in Edison January 20th through the 22nd. If you're looking to upgrade your present RV, but you buy your first RV or explore new camping adventures, this show is the place to be. You want to go for free? Visit NJ1015.com and enter to win your free family four-pack of tickets. Good luck and happy trails from New Jersey. 101.5, Steve Trevelis. All right, great news today. Um, actually, yesterday in the State of the State, Tuesday with Governor Murphy, free New Jersey naloxone on-demand program will soon be launched. Many New Jersey residents be able to anonymously get the opioid antidote drug naloxone for free at many pharmacies across the Garden State. Your thoughts, are you dealing with addiction, know anyone who's dealing with addiction. Let's talk to Kim and o- uh, Tim in Ocean County on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Tim. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you. What's happening? I, uh, I just no. I just I I don't have a lot of experience with Narcan, but I I can I do have experience with uh, sobriety. I uh, have six, uh, 15 years on fe- February 16th. Congratulations. That's great. Thank. Yeah, so, you know, I'm really just calling to share the hope, you know? Yeah. How, what do you attribute it to? Uh, one day at a time, not using or uh, using alcohol or drugs. Right? That, so if you, you can't get high if you don't pick it up. No, that's a great that's a great way to put it. Any advice you'd give people? Uh, 12-step programs. What did it for you? One day at a time. What? Honestly, I, I just, I woke up one morning and said, I'm not, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And uh, I haven't felt like that ever, ever again. And God bless you, Tim. That's fantastic news. Alan is in Barnegat on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Alan. How you doing, Steve? Good. How are you? Like I said, I, I'm, listen, I'm all right for it, but I think, like I said, I know they're saying it's anonymous. Right. But, I mean, you got you to gotta set a limit. I mean, I, I believe one for every six months, maybe. You know, not you know every week. But, Alan, you can't do that. I, I know. I know, I, I know the anonymous part, but I had a guy behind me, and he OD three times in a row, once a week. Right. And they finally couldn't bring him back. And then his brother lived with him, too. He OD twice. Okay, but you know, what do you do? If, you know, if the cops... Go ahead. I believe if the cops show up at Narcanum, that, you know, you Narcanum once, and then they say, all right, you got to go to the program, or we don't do it again. But you, yeah, you're threatening somebody's life. I mean, you got to understand this. This isn't this. This wait, wait, Alan, This this isn't like like a treat. This is someone is dying now. You got the choice of either watching them die or giving them the drug, giving them the 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 antidote to bring them back. This isn't about what they did in the past. This is about in that moment. You can't make that decision. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, how else can you do it? Really, I mean, it's not. It's not about threatening. It's not about penalty. It's about just saving the life at that moment. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, All right. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I mean, it's not a reward. You can't set limits. It's just going to be, hey, you know, now we don't, we're not going to lose you. This gives us another chance to save you. This gives you another chance to save yourself. How many chances does it take? Until it works. Or it doesn't. Uh, John's in Howell on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hey, Steve. Love the show, brother. Thanks, uh, Bob. Glad you're here. So, my uh, 
so my wife um, drinks pretty much wine seven days a week, and right. she doesn't drink it in a small fashion, and it's really, really been difficult on myself and our finances as well. Um, I'm currently doing ride chair right now while I'm talking to you. So, oh, man. you know, it's not an easy thing with, with addiction, and, 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 you know, as she doesn't want to openly admit it, that she has an addiction, even though it runs in her family. You know, her brother, her mother, cousins, and I don't know who else had it, but, you know, you can tell it was just something that runs in her family. And you tried to get help? She not get help. No, she will not go to, a, like, an outreach program or nothing like that because she's afraid of it coming up late with her job. What about you? Uh, me, personally, I tried to go, to, I tried to do counseling for myself. Right. I tried to cope with it. Uh, I've been through a few sessions, but believe it or not, trying to get uh, mental health is pretty difficult, actually. Go. Uh, more difficult than you think. Reach out to cityofangelsnj.org. Talk to Kevin Mirror. He was on earlier. Tell him I sent you. Talk to Kevin Mirror. He may uh, he may be able to help or know somebody that knows somebody that can help. City of Angels works miracles with people dealing with all kinds of addiction. Can't hurt, can't hurt to take a shot. No, I mean, what else can you do? Right. Cityofangelsnj.org. At least get advice. At least he can point you in the right direction. Or, you know what I mean? Or maybe set up a road for you. It'd, be, it'd definitely be worth it. No, absolutely. I mean, because I absolutely, you know, honestly, at this point, I just didn't know what else to do. I mean, there's parts here or there where she'll, like, you know, stop for, like, a few days, but, you know, and then you get a little bit of hope, and then, nope, right back on it, and it just gets very frustrating. No, and it's got you out working a second job to support the habit. No. John, definitely reach out. Cityofangelsnj.org. Kevin is in Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Good, how about you? Uh, okay, you know, I, I, I have an issue here. You know, okay. I take a lot of medications, though. Right. I, I pay for them. Okay. You know, I understand this, you know, can bring someone back from the brink. Right. But the plain and simple fact is, you pay for it. It's not free. Well, you're they're paying, paying for it as if well, you're paying, right? If you're doing drugs, go to the pharmacy, buy it. But again, you can't buy something if you're out. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, it's not like, I'm going to I'm gonna OD, so let me go buy the Narcan first. Come on, Kevin. You know what? They can buy their drugs in advance. They can buy this in advance, though. Okay, but in that situation where they haven't bought it and they're about to die, no one's going to decide to let them die because they didn't want to pay for the price of the Narcan. Yeah, but, but, but to say it's free... It's not free. It's free to the per- it's free to the person who needs it at that moment. Now, I don't know what the exact number is as far as taxes go, but we do pay for Someone, other. But we do what, pay what for Kevin. Wants Kevin, to do Kevin. Is allow you. We do Murphy pay. To allow, allow you to go to the pharmacy and get it for nothing. Right, if you need it. Same thing like you'd be able to go and get medical attention in an emergency room if you need it. But thanks for the call to New Jersey one hundred one point five. Come on. I get what you're saying. I don't know how much of it is being used, but this is not about money. This is about saving someone's life in that moment. And all the stigma goes away in that moment. You're standing there. You're watching somebody die. You make the call. I should have brought him back on. You make the call, right? What if it's your son? What if it's your grandson? You make the call. Peter's in Lawrence on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Peter. I count my sobriety to my mother and father in 1994. Right. 
I've been drug free since 1994. Excellent. Excellent. Cocaine, no speed, no weed, and no heroin. How do you feel about this? I feel good about it. I I I think Norcan would work for a lot of people, but you got to go to a rehab. Yeah. To talk to a doctor, you got to make your feelings known. You got to express yourself. Well, hopefully, bring them back. And they'll do it. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. New Jersey 101.5 has weather information just for you and your part of the Garden State. Online and on our app, you can check current conditions, watch radar, set up weather alerts to be sent to your phone, and know what's coming up in our five-day forecast. The latest technology combined with Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero's forecasts let you plan your day, plan your week, and stay safe. NJ1015.com slash weather. Visit us online or on our free app today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to you at 11 o'clock tonight. Steve Trevelisse at 1-800-283-101.5. You go to nj1015.com. Check out my interview with... Uh, Former East Street drummer Vinny Mad Dog Lopez, who played on Greetings from Asbury Park, Bruce's first album, 50 years ago. Uh, tells a lot of things that you may not have known about that album. It's on there. The Light of Day lineup, it begins tonight in Asbury Park and New York and uh, Philadelphia. And uh, it's on NJ1015.com. Jim Babjack, Smithereens guitar, is going to be calling about 10 o'clock and talk about... Gigantar, which is a huge guitar sculpture that's going to be premiered at the Stone Pony. Shannon McDonald, uh, she's going to be calling in as well. She's the one that created it, or is creating it. So we got a lot to talk about coming up. But right now, while talking about the boardwalk, as long as we're at Asbury Park, uh, Governor Murphy is planning to help the towns up and down the shore repair and upgrade their boardwalks. During the State of the State Address, and this is from uh, David Mathel, New Jersey 101.5 News, who said that um, during a State of the State Address, Murphy said the local infrastructure is the backbone of communities in the Garden State. And in many towns along our shore, that backbone is literally made of wood. Wow. Who wrote that for him? Uh, the governor said that when he delivered his budget address next month, I will propose a new boardwalk fund that will partner with our shore towns and counties to make vital upgrades. A boardwalk fund. Do we need a boardwalk fund? Now, this is what I don't understand, and maybe you can help me out at 1-800-283-101.5. If the short towns are getting money from the beach fees, and I don't know how much it takes. You know, we are one of, what, one, two states that charge for the beaches? Um, I don't know how much money it takes to maintain a beach, but I know it can't be as much as the millions of dollars they take in from charging you to go on the beach. Uh, they're cash cows. But on top of that, you've got the parking money. Now, I don't know how much money it takes to maintain a parking space, how many coats of white paint you need for those lines, but they make a million dollars off of that, millions of dollars off of that. And there's no time when they say, well, once we have reached the, the bill, you know, once we have made the nut, we will stop charging. No, 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 no. They charge you all throughout the year, you know, all season long. And same thing with the parking. So if you're making all that money from the parking, I don't know where that goes, and you're making all that money from the beaches, 
don't know where that goes. After you maintain the beach, it goes into the, it's not supposed to go in the general fund, but some say it does go into the general fund. Why do you need even more money to fix the boardwalks? Why do you need a boardwalk fund when you've already got a, you've got parking money coming in, you've got beach tag money coming in? Why do you need boardwalk money coming in? And who do you think is providing, who do you think is funding this? That would be you and me. 1-800-283-101.5. Did you think of this when you heard that? How do you feel about the idea of a boardwalk fund in New Jersey? Do we need to pay more money to fix the boardwalks when the Jersey Shore towns are already making money on the beach tag fees and the parking? 1-800-283-101.5. Now, if you work in the boardwalk field at the Jersey Shore, explain that to me because I don't get it. I don't deny that the boardwalk needs to be maintained. And by that, you know, maybe you could use the marijuana money to keep the boardwalks maintained. But I don't understand why you can't use the parking money and the beach tag money to keep the boardwalks maintained. How much more money does the Jersey Shore need from our pockets? He's going to create a boardwalk fund. He's going to create, we're going to provide. 1-800-283-101.5. I mean, how do you feel about that? And you know what? As long as we're here, you know, uh, there's, there's been a popularity poll about Governor Murphy. He's not doing too well on that either. How do you feel about the job that he's doing? 1-800-283-101.5. Because uh, according, to, uh, according to a recent poll that came out, uh, even in his own party, he's not doing that well. How would you rate the job Phil Murphy is doing as the New Jersey governor? The uh, new Monmouth University poll finds that a majority of, Murf- of, of uh, New Jersey residents believe he's doing a good job, but most don't think he's done anything really noteworthy. And that kind of works out. Yeah, he's been there. Yeah. I got your marijuana. No, you didn't. We did. I got your minimum wage. No, you didn't. We did. You were there while it was happening. But this idea that I'm going to establish a boardwalk fund just knocked me for a loop. It's like, wait a minute, how much more money do we need to give to the Jersey Shore? When you go on vacation, you know that American dream we talked about last night is the American dream alive and well and living in New Jersey? Well, that American dream involves taking a vacation at the Jersey Shore. Prepare to pay through the nose. If you got a wife and a couple of kids, prepare to pay through the nose. So now you go to the shore, you're going to pay like, what are the beach tag fees? 40, 50 bucks? What's the parking fee? 40, 50 bucks? Boardwalk fund? John Zentinek on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hey, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that, you know, it should be a tax on the houses that are rented down the shore to pay for a boardwalk fund. Why can't the beach tag money pay for the boardwalk fund? Why? Where does the parking money go? You're telling me that they need the beach tag money to pay for the beach. You can't even afford. Ninety-eight percent of New Jersey can't even afford to go on a vacation and stay down there for a weekend anymore. Why should everyone in New Jersey pay for a boardwalk fund? That's a great point. You're going to pay for a boardwalk fund that you're never going to use. Exactly. I don't get to go to any boardwalk. I got to work. I can't take my kids down there. No. You know what, John? That's a good point. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Scale of 1 to 10. 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. How would you rate the job? 
Phil Murphy's doing as governor. And also, how do you feel about the idea of a boardwalk fund in New Jersey? Do we need it? Wake up. Boardwalk fund. We're already paying for the beach tags. We're already paying the park. Now you want to pay to fund the boardwalk. What else do we got to do? Start providing the prizes at the stands? Those big overstuffed bears? 1-800-283-101.5. It's ridiculous. Makes absolutely no sense. You know, just like uh, this Murphy this Murphy approval rating. You know, what has he accomplished as governor? We know what he says he accomplished. I'm not exactly sure what that was. Has Murphy had any major accomplishments among all residents? According to the poll, 29% believe major accomplishments. 42% say minor accomplishments. 26% say no accomplishments. Anthony's in Roxbury on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Anthony. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, wet, you know? Wet. Rain, a lot of rain. Oh, stay yeah. dry, my friend. You're forgetting the revenue. How about all the people that rent the stands? Those aren't free. You know how much they are to rent? Oh, yeah. Where does that money go? Well, a good question. Where does that money go? And how about all the taxes paid by all the people who now have to charge, like, dollars, dollars, where they used to charge quarters to play the games? Uh, it's ridiculous. Every game is $5. Like you said, you go down there, you got to take a second mortgage. And you're telling me you need more money for the boardwalk? And he's saying that uh, he's some kind of freaking hero. And I will raise, the boardwalk is the street, and I will raise money for the boardwalk. And those idiots in the crowd, those yahoos, just, just go, uh, go off and applaud everything the guy says without thinking, wait a minute, you're going to pay for this, you idiots. Terrible, terrible. It is, man. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. A boardwalk fund to go along with the beach tag fees, to go along with the parking at the Jersey Shore. It's got to be cheaper to go anywhere else. 1-800-283-101.5. Frank's in Jackson on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Frankie. Hey, how are you? Good, you? Good. What I don't understand is what have we been doing for the last hundred years? There was never a boardwalk fund, and we've maintained the boardwalks all this time, not to mention if you go down there, how often do you see that it's the Trek deck anyhow uh, since Sandy? They rebuilt all these boardwalks, and aren't they supposed to last for like 30 years? I would hope they last more than 10 I mean, really? What kind of weather you use? Balsa wood? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I, but, I, but I agree with you 100%. I mean, we're, you know, we're Jersey residents. We're paying to get on the beach. We're paying for parking. And now we're going to support this. Let the towns maintain that themselves. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're paying enough, Frank. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, two questions. Number one, Governor Murphy wants to establish a boardwalk fund to cover the cost of the boardwalks of the Jersey Shore. Uh, your thoughts on that, considering he's already charging us to, to go on the beach, also charging us to pay in the town for parking. And uh, how do you rate the job Governor Murphy's doing as a New Jersey governor? Monmouth University, Paul, uh, not so good. Your thoughts? Say zero to ten. 
10 being the best. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis, are you ready to work with an agent who does more than put a sign in your yard? Robert Dukansky of Remax First Advantage will help you get your home sold faster for the most money possible. Gerard wanted to take advantage of the market before it changed any further so he could downsize, so he called Rob and his team to sell his home in Avenel. No problem. After just 13 days on the market, there were 35 showings, multiple offers, getting them home sold for $390,000, which was $40,000 over the list price. Robert Dukansky has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. Rob's multi-million dollar marketing strategy is experience negotiating, attracts the best offer from the most qualified buyers. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That's robsellsnj.com. Or Google robsellsnj. And then you start packing. This fast traffic, cold and get cold. Join New Jersey 101.5's Big Joe Henry in Special Olympics, New Jersey for the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge. Jump in the ocean with thousands, freezing for a reason, Saturday, February 25th. All the details are on our free app at nj1015.com. The Seaside Polar Bear Plunge with Special Olympics NJ, only from New Jersey 101.5. All right. Talking about the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge, going down the boardwalk. Governor Murphy wants to establish a boardwalk fund. Uh, This would be to keep the boardwalk uh, maintained. Since we're already paying to keep the beaches maintained, we're already paying to keep the parking maintained, why shouldn't we pay to to build a better boardwalk near you? Are you on board with this idea? Do you think this is a good idea? Should we be paying for a boardwalk fund? The governor says uh, in his budget address, I will propose a new boardwalk fund that will partner with our shore towns and counties to make vital upgrades. Murphy said the boardwalks are more than just places for recreation and exercise, more than just a space that connects parking to the beach, you know, dollar sign to dollar sign. Uh, They are literally wooden main streets in so many ways, and they define their communities and support their economies as much as the sand and the surf. So therefore, now they've got to be, the boardwalk has to become an earner. Uh, I didn't discuss any specifics pertaining to the boardwalk fund, but advised everyone to stay tuned. That means we're going to end up paying for a boardwalk fund. How do you feel about that? 1-800-283-101.5. Now, uh, along with that, Governor Murphy's... uh, Approval rating, a new Monmouth University poll finds that a majority of New Jersey residents, that's you, believe that Governor Murphy is doing a good job. Most don't think he's done anything really noteworthy. Where are you on that? You know, all the people that voted for Murphy twice, when you voted for him the second time, were you thinking, this guy is so great, we have to bring him in? Or were you thinking, I just don't want the other guy? You know, I don't know Gitarelli, I don't want him, whatever. And Gitarelli almost beat Murphy. So if you voted for Murphy, what made you vote for Murphy? And are you happy the way he is now, the way things are right now? You, you saw that address. You saw those cronies jump up and applaud every word he said. They're not paying for it. You are, right? The politicians, they live by spending your money, your tax dollars. That's how they get paid. 1-800-283-101.5. If you had to rate Governor Murphy on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst, where do you put him? Now, as far as the Monmouth University poll, uh, that's a different story. 
According to Patrick Murray, the director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute, Murphy's approval ratings have been fairly steady over the past couple of years. Uh, among all residents, 29% believe he has a major accomplishments, 42% minor accomplishments, 26% believe he's had no accomplishments. Paulette is in Manchester on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Paulette. Hi, how you doing? Good, how about you? Good, having a good night. I like that. I've got a question. If, if, if we're paying... I'm going to take that off. Okay. okay. If we're paying for beach tags in, in different towns for the beach, if we're paying for parking for the parking lots, what is that 14 or 15% we pay on hotels that's considered a resort tax that's supposed to pay for the boardwalk and the upkeep of the shore area? Another good question. Really, how much more money can we put into the shore? And how bad are the boardwalks after Sandy? You know, the Seaside Boardwalk was repaired. I remember the day the Seaside Boardwalk was reopened. I was there. Brand new boardwalk. You know, and now we have to do a boardwalk fund? It's ridiculous. And I know that Wildwood's like 100 years old, but they've been redoing it in sections, so it's not where they have to do all of it at one time and need this massive fund. But they get money. They get tax dollars. They never needed to have a boardwalk fund. Paulette, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. That's the part I don't understand. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. Do we need a boardwalk fund in New Jersey? If there's anybody that we know, the people that work at the Jersey Shore towns, the people that would profit from this, they're not going to call. Explain, here's why we need it. It's not easy maintaining that boardwalk with all that parking money and all that beach tag money. Poor boardwalk feels left out. You know? Money to the left of me, money to the right of me, and here I am holding everybody up without a dime. Why don't you two eight three one oh one point five if boardwalk's good talk. But you tell me. And uh, also how would you rate Governor Murphy on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the best, one being the worst. When you uh, think about all that he's done up until this point, because you know what? that The state of the state was the time to approve him, and they did. It was a time to uh, judge, and they did. They applauded everything that he did. So how do you feel about that? Are you applauding everything that he did? 1-800-283-101.5. What number would you give him? He still gets good ratings for handling COVID, which I don't get because we had more deaths per capita than anywhere in the world. But according to Kevin Murray, he still gets good ratings for the initial impact of COVID, but I think most New Jerseyans have moved on to other issues that are more important to them. What do you think? 1-800-283-101.5. It just seems to me that the cure for everything is to create another fund. The cure for everything is to create is to spend more money. We don't have more money in New Jersey. Last night we spent two hours jamming the phones talking about is the American dream alive and well in New Jersey. The question should be, can you afford the American dream in New Jersey? More and more we find that people cannot. You know? Uh, And that's what we see. Among all the residents in this poll, 53% approve of Governor Murphy, 35% disapprove. 84% of the Democrats approve of Governor Murphy. 46% of the independents approve of Governor Murphy. That's less than half. That's not good. 16% of the Republicans approve of Governor Murphy. Where do you come in? 
And as far as the boardwalk tax, that to me is just beyond. You talk about over the line. How much more can you squeeze out of a state for the boardwalk? And with all the money that's being paid in the taxes, the boardwalk should be free. It's only a matter of time before it won't be. Once you start a boardwalk fund, it's not going to be. I don't know how they would do that, but they will. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. So uh, I can get you on if you call right now. Two questions. I know one has probably been used a lot today. How would you rate Governor Murphy's job as governor? If you could do it over again, would you vote for him? You know, how many people voted for Governor Murphy? In the beginning, they voted for Governor Murphy because he wasn't Governor Christie, because he wasn't President Trump. They brought him in, okay. Then you say, okay, well, this will never last. And then he runs for re-election, and he barely beats Jack Cittarelli. By a smidge. And here we are again. And then you hear the, the state of the state. It's great that we got the Arcane. It's huge. But the idea of a boardwalk fund, the idea of spending more money, we don't have more money. It costs enough to go to the boardwalk. How much money can you afford when it comes to the Jersey Shore? How many weeks vacation can you afford to take at the Jersey Shore? If you own a house at the Jersey Shore, how's that working out for you? Granted, the real estate value is great. But as far as the expense of going down there, the cost of living, what it costs when you go to the shore, how much it costs you to park at the shore, how much it costs you to use the beach at the shore, to eat at the shore, to do anything at the shore. If you have a business at the shore, what's that like? You can make money three or four months out of the year. you got to find a way to do it. I know because I have to fail businesses at the shore. 1-800-283-101.5. But your thoughts, how would you rate Governor Murphy? Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. And number two... How do you feel about the idea of a boardwalk fund to fund the boardwalks of New Jersey? Do we really need this? It's 830. Now the latest New Jersey 3, 101.5, Steve Trevelisse. So, go to nj1015.com, get the entire light of day lineup. I got it posted for you. Bob's birthday bash. We've got, we've got it all. And, uh... Bruce, uh, you never know. He's shown up at 12 of the 20 so far. Will he be showing up this weekend? One never knows. New one. Uh, we do know that he's uh, working out his act at the Vogel in Red Bank. Uh, Al's in Hamilton on New Jersey 101.5. Al, how you doing? Hey, Steve. How you doing, my brother? I love you like your brother, man. It's just like you're amazing. Like, uh... Ah, so I had to pull over, and I wanted to smash my head off, off the dashboard of my car. They're not getting it. He is just so bad. like, And he's he's prepping himself for a presidential run. I heard his speech the other night. Like, He is definitely prepping himself for a presidential. A boardwalk tax? Oh, come on, man. But you know what? I think that's just the way he thinks, because I guess when he was at Goldman Sachs and his other jobs, whenever you wanted money, you know, you just got it. You just took the money that you were making and spun it off into different things. And in politics, yeah, you can't do that because we're yeah. paying for it. Yeah, we're picking up the tab. He has no clue what it's like to live in New Jersey as a common person. Oh, my God. It's getting harder and harder and harder. It's just like, Steve, it's just it's just insane. Like, 
I had to call in when I heard this stuff. Like, oh, you, you've got to be kidding me. Like, a, a boardwalk tax. Like. And that just kind of went by everybody. It's like, okay, we're already paying for the beach tag fees. We're already paying for the parking. Right? You get all these taxes if you if you do business in New Jersey, and now, in the Jersey Shore. And now you want to hit me for a boardwalk tax? He's going to kill the business down there because we stayed last year real quick, $400 a night. Right. Like, let the hotel pick up some of the boardwalk tax. Let, let, let them do it or, or some of the rest. Let the parking money pick. How much money do you get it cost to maintain parking at the shore? You know, in Point Pleasant, if, you, if your car touches the line, it's a $56 ticket. How much more money do they need? It's insane. It, it's, they keep taking and taking and taking. It's like there's no gift. I could probably go to the islands cheaper than I could go to the Jersey Shore now. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Al, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. That's the other thing, too. You know, it's a shame that with all that we pay in taxes, that we still have to spend so much money when we go down the shore. Too bad they couldn't give you, like, if you're, if you're a state resident, like a break on the beaches, you know, or a break on the parking. I know, like, some towns will do, like, free beach Wednesdays and things like that, which is great. But, my God. A boardwalk tax? 1-800-283-101.5. Let it sink in. Because we're just not spending enough money. The solution to solving New Jersey's problems is to just tax the crap out of people. And the more they get taxed, the more money that we'll have. As everybody pays their fair share. Do you agree with that? I don't. But here we are. You know, the boardwalks of the Main Street. Well, we're taxing Main Street yet again. A boardwalk fund. Okay, where's the funding going to come from? one 800 But as far as Murphy goes, you know, and again, we don't get a lot of pro-Murphy calls, which is also odd for a governor that got elected twice. I mean, if I'm not made up, you know, it's not like my mind is made up. If you can sell me on Governor Murphy, you could tell me some of the great things he's done. Fine, I'd love to listen. I'd love to hear it. But we don't really have anything. You know, there's nothing you could say, well, he's the governor that did this. If he ran for president, it'd probably be the most boring presidential run ever, because what accomplishments could he run on? Sanctuary state? You know, we are one of the leaders in export of population, third worst in the country, behind Illinois and California. Legal marijuana, we did that. It was a ballot. Raise the minimum wage. Okay, well, how is that done? For the people who have to pay the raised minimum wage. How is that done for businesses? How many people are profiting from the raised minimum wage? Is more money really being spent? Or is debt being paid down? one 800 But you know what? Your thoughts are your thoughts. And I'd love to hear them. If you had to rate Governor Murphy on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate him? And I find it, again, really odd that at this radio station, you figure like, okay, if we're anti-Murphy, then... Turn us pro. Come up with something. But you know there's nothing. And that's part of the deal. You know, you, you listen to the, uh, you know, you listen to the speech. And you hear about, you know, the things that he wanted to do. And I heard yesterday that the American dream is alive and well and living in New Jersey. And I'm thinking to myself, is it really? I'm in New Jersey. I had the American dream. My American dream was to what? Have a nice house. Be able to afford it. Affordable house affordable car or two, be able to take a vacation every year down the Jersey Shore where I, in the state that I love 
with everything that it has to offer me. And in order to achieve that American dream, I've got to work three jobs. My wife works a job. That's four jobs. In order to achieve that American dream, you know, we, uh, we drive cars that are older so that we can put our kids, you know, our kids have to go to, uh, you know, they're going to public school, of course. But try raising two 16-year-old boys, not cheap. Try raising two 16-year-old boys who are addicted to football. Not cheap at all. 1-800-283-101.5. When you look in New Jersey and you look at Governor Murphy, if you had to rate the job he's doing on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you? And as far as the boardwalk fund that we would have to pay for a boardwalk fund to maintain the Jersey Shore boardwalks, Joe's in Pittsgrove on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, pal? What's up, Goomba? How are you? I'm good. How about you? Uh, one day closer to retirement, Steve. And all this crap that I hear is just the reason why my wife and I are exiting this state when I retire soon and heading out west, like I told you before. You're one of those nice Wyoming steaks. That's right. You remembered. That's Wyoming. Right. That's where I want to go, brother. You remember Dog Day afternoon? Yes. Right? Where do you want to go? Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, come on, he's, he's opening the doors to all these illegals to come in here. We're paying for them, and, but then they're going to charge us for this. We're going to pay a higher tax now on boardwalk? Are you kidding me? We're not paying enough on everything else, car insurance, property taxes. It, it's, it is a joke. This whole country is, I'm waiting for them to have a, a ship ready to go to Mars. I want to take the first flight and get out of here altogether. Uh, you'll have to get behind a couple of illegals. I'm just wondering how we're going to be able... I mean, I don't know how this boardwalk fund is going to be established, but you know that if it's a fund, somebody's paying for it. Somewhere along the line, we're going to pay for this boardwalk fund. And when you look at the parking money and the beach tag money, we shouldn't be paying for the parking fund at all. We shouldn't be anywhere near it. The American dream is intact for those who cross the border and sneak in here. They get the American dream because we bend over backwards to give it to them. But as far as if you grew up in America, if you grew up in New Jersey, and you're trying to just survive in New Jersey like you and I are, and you've got a terrific job, you're a police officer, and we still can't make it. You know what? This used to be a terrific job. No more. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Look at all you have to deal with now. Oh, my God. And, I mean, this governor made that worse on us, too, in many ways, which I won't discuss on the air. But uh, he made it very tough on us being a police officer, but our limitations are. And, you know, what we have to tolerate is just it's just unbelievable. That's why I, I just can't wait to retire. It's just not worth it. Nah. And, uh, I try to I try to ride around with blinders on, Steve, because, you know, I, that's all I need is right at the end of my career here to have somebody put an IA on me. I end up losing my job, my pension, my career and everything over some stupid law. And here you are, the job you're trained to do all your life, the job you're trained to uphold, and you have to curb yourself, and you have to put blinders on just so that you could survive. Steve, I'll tell you, I am probably the easiest going cop that you'll ever meet. I give people warnings. If they're polite to me and they treat me with respect, I look at them as if how I would want one of my kids to be treated if they pull if they're pulled over, and I give everybody utmost respect. I don't like writing tickets. Right. I give more breaks than I do tickets. But people just laugh at you. They spit on you. They cuss you out, and you got to sit there and take it. I mean, you got to 
take it. And it's just, it's hard, man. No, I just I count the days. I want to get out of this state. I want to get out of this state. This is why New Jersey has probably the highest rate for being an exit state. Probably, you know, one of the most highest. States. Number three. Behind, uh, behind California and uh, Illinois. And you got this idiot in office that's not even from this state, and he wants to come in here and make us like California. He's, he's a joke. Nah, he should be impeached. You stay safe. You stay safe and just get to the finish line. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Boardwalk fund? Do we really need that in New Jersey? Do you want to pay for it? How would you rate Governor Murphy? New Jersey's new. 1.5, Steve Trevelis. Our number to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. Talking about uh, the popularity of our governor. Talking about the idea of a boardwalk fund which uh, the governor has promised to come up with to uh, maintain the boardwalks. Now, the question I've got about maintaining the boardwalks with the boardwalk fund is, what about the, what happens to all the money that comes in from the parking in the Jersey Shore? What happens with all the money that comes in from the beach fees of the Jersey Shore? How much could it cost to paint a, a white line on a road? How much can it cost to maintain the beaches? And what happens to all the excess money? Not to mention the taxes on the businesses down there. You know, the luxury taxes that you pay when you go to the shore. How much do you spend when you go to the shore? Now, one way or another, we're going to come up with a boardwalk fund so that we're going to keep the boardwalk up? How does that work? 1-800-283-101.5. Remember the gas tax? That's going to be used to fix the roads. What do they want us to do with the marijuana tax? We talked about that. We had all these suggestions, and I put them up at nj1015.com. Since New Jersey asked, you're going to be able to volunteer how you would like the marijuana tax dollars to be spent. And now you're sitting here saying, okay, with all this money that we're paying at the Jersey Shore, we have a Jersey Shore, we want to have a Jersey Shore boardwalk fund. That blows my mind. And he said it, and everybody just stood up and applauded. Frank is in Columbus on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Frank. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. I was listening to your program on the way home. Right. And uh, I have feelings about both uh, the governor and also about the tax. Go ahead. Okay, well, as far as the tax goes, I completely agree with you. Uh, They tax everything, and there seems to be already monies allotted the replacement of the boardwalk. So I think everything you said was spot on, especially that a lot of, uh, the, you know, the boardwalks were replaced because of Sandy. And also something you didn't mention, a lot of the boardwalks uh, are also, they're not wood anymore. They put cement like they're a form of cement. That's uh, a good point. That's a good point. You know, You're right. Uh, and uh, I don't know if they're re- planning, if those need repair. You're going to redo the cement? <laughs> well, that, I don't know. But, I mean, in other words, uh, I think the towns have plenty of money for that. And uh, They're cash cows. I think even a lot of the vendors, I'm not going to mention names or where, but my son is a very good friend with a, a vendor. And right. uh, they make enough money, you know, for to be closed the winter for two families because it's a family. Well, it depends on where you are. Because I know, like, I've had two failed businesses at the shore. It's very expensive, and you only can make money for a couple of months at a couple of coffee houses. Well, it, it is true. It is true. It's only a few months. But 
depending on your business, I guess, if it's well managed. And uh, your connections. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Now, talking about the governor. Right. I'm a Republican. Okay. So I'll put that right out there. And I'm a conservative Republican. Right. But uh, with that said, I feel Murphy is really not a bad governor. Uh, He's there. I'm. I just feel compared to what what we could have, you know, he, he's he's really sort of fair. I believe there's a lot of corruption. You know, they say next to Rhode Island, New Jersey is the most corrupt state in the union. I don't know if you ever heard that or you believe that. But even with that said, I think he's a fairly honest guy. And I think he's trying to do, of course, with his party in mind, he's trying to do the best for the people. I really do. Yeah, he means well. You know, he means well, and he's governing the he's governing along the lines that his party wants him to govern. You know, he's going along. Like he followed the mayor of New York for so, and the governor of New York for so long. You know, he, uh, he he's not a vengeful person. He's not a hurtful person. He's not out to hurt us. He is doing his the, best. The gun, the gun laws. He, some of the governors have you know really made it impossible to have a gun. But since the gun laws were changed, I mean. You still have to jump through hoops, but it's actually possible. Well, he rewrote the gun laws, and then uh, the federal judge said, no, go back you know, go back and try again, and he wouldn't even allow it to happen. Frank, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I want 800 1015 Get ready for a better boardwalk at a New Jersey shore town near you. David Mathau wrote the post at nj1015.com, and Governor Murphy's talking about establishing a boardwalk fund to take care of the boardwalks. The boardwalks being the main street of the Jersey shore. They're made of wood. Uh, some of them are, some of them aren't. But how do you feel about the idea of a boardwalk fund? Is this something that we need in New Jersey? Since we've got all this money coming in for the beach tag fees, we've got all this money coming in from the parking fees. Can you give us a break? National winner of the 2022 Edward R. Murrow Award for Best Newscast. We are New Jersey 101.5. That's all right. Steve Chanelis getting you through the night. 1-800-283-101.5 here in New Jersey 101.5. Hanging out till 11 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, uh, Smithereens guitarist Jim Babjack calling in. Tell us about Gigantar. Not that Japanese cartoon from the 60s, Gigantar, who later became the Iron Giant that Pete Townsend did uh, the soundtrack for in 1999. This is Gigantar. It's a 24-foot, enormous, ginormous guitar being designed by Shannon McDonald, who's a rock and roll artist, done a lot of work with the Beatles, with the Beatles, and uh, she's going to be calling in about 10.20. And uh, Jim Babjack and Dennis Dyken of the Smithereens are going to be there for the unveiling. Saturday at the Stone Pony. So we'll talk about that coming up. And uh, everybody getting ready for the light of day. It started tonight down in Asbury Park in New York and Philadelphia, all over the place. The Winterfest takes place on uh, Saturday. The um, Birthday Bash is the main event. John Waite's going to be there. Love John Waite. He was on the show. What a great guy. What a great story. Go to nj1015.com. Pull up my interview with John Waite. Uh, what a great, just, just a fun guy to talk to. Uh, great story. Joe Gusecki and House Rock has also been here. Willie Nile is on the website talking about the night David Bowie died and how attached he was to Bowie. Uh, David House, Jesse Malin, uh, 
the Weaklings, Joe Durso, Jill Hennessy, Williams Honor, Fantastic Cat, and more for the birthday bash. That's the main event, and you never know who may show up. Perhaps one Bruce Springsteen. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. And Bruce is working now. He's rehearsing at the Vogel getting ready to go on tour and the fans are waiting outside and there's a picture of Bruce on nj1015.com waving to the fans and man Bruce Bruce got old Bruce is like 73 we all get old and it's it's funny because I looked at that and you know we all got old and you're thinking you know rock and roll I always thought rock and roll was meant for the young and this is the first generation of rock and roll as we all age and get old and rock and roll no longer meant for the young rock and roll meant for everybody and um there's going to be some great concerts going on all over the jersey shore for the light of day what i want to ask you i mean have you ever been to a sound check i'd love to hear your story um you know, it's a lot of, I imagine, I've never been to a sound check. I imagine, you know, it's just a lot of rehearsal. And a lot of songs that get stopped and started and, you know, um, not so much critique, but coaching. Do this, do that. If you ever been to a sound check, give me a call. 1-800-283-101.5. But also, what are the best tickets you ever got to a show? What was the show? What was the, uh, how much did you pay for the tickets? Where did you sit? 1-800-283-101.5. Concert tickets are not cheap. Now, once upon a time they were. But who did you see? What were you willing to pay? What was the story behind it? Were you ever able to get the front row? Or if not, the most, the best concert seats you ever got? Or game, you know, the best tickets you ever got to a game? You know, we've talked about the best concert you've ever seen. But where did you see it from? 1-800-283-101.5. And what was the story? How did you manage to get the tickets? Because they're not easy to get. Front row seats or close. You know, uh, there are times when, like, I'll be lucky enough to uh, cover concerts or go to concerts. And the promoter will give you tickets sometime. We got, I, I've been in the front row. And it's weird as you're being ushered to the front row. Because that little kid in me, that 12-year-old kid that would try to sneak into the box seats at Yankee Stadium only to be turned away by the security guard on a rainy Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> uh, you know, keeps thinking, like, this can't be real. I'm going to get thrown out of here. And you get closer and closer to the stage. But 1-800-283-101.5. What were the best seats you ever got to a show? How did you get them? Did you pay for them? Did you, how much did you pay? Or did you know somebody? Did somebody comp you? And what was it like being there when you're sitting that closely? When you're sitting in the front row, it's kind of odd sitting in the front row. It's kind of odd because, like, I don't want to make eye contact with the singers or whatever. But you can't help it. You're looking right at them. And then they're looking back. And then they're looking in the stage. And it's kind of, I don't know. And when you're really, really up close, right, when you're sitting in the front of the movie theater, you know, you're craning your head to see the screen. I'm not turning down front row seats. I'm just saying. 1-800-283-101.5. Rob is in Piscataway on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rob. What? How you doing, sir? Good evening. Good evening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Merry everything. 
Everything. Uh, it wasn't like, I'm not going to say the best show, but it was the best circumstance. Right. Uh, me and a lady friend went to the Garden State Art Center at the time. It was called Garden State Art Center. I remember. Um, Joe Cocker. Right. All right. Now, we got in there. We were like Section B toward the back, right, be, right, right behind Section C. We're about halfway in. Right. Uh, halfway, halfway. Uh, a couple come up to us and said, hey, uh, my, uh, my wife here is a little concerned. It's going to be a little bit too loud. We're in the third row. Would you like to switch tickets? You're like, what? Get out. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I listened to tickets first. I'm like, nah, this has got to be a scam. It's gotta be. But we right. looked at, yeah, right down there. And we went down there. It was the greatest night ever. I, I waved to the bass player. He gave me a thumbs up and a peace sign. Wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. And they didn't ask for anything? Just wanted to happen. You know, to have yeah. that. I'm sorry? They didn't, want, they didn't ask for anything? They didn't want to, like, a, you know, buy them a beer or something? Just switch the tickets? No, no. She just wanted to be in a comfortable area where it wasn't too loud. Uh -huh. You know, because uh, certain bands in that little venue there, I mean, we saw, like, I think it was Quiet Riot. Mm -hmm. We left. I mean, I love Quiet Riot. But it was just too loud. Yeah. It's not made for jamming heavy, heavy, heavy. We saw Jimmy Buffett there mm -hmm. twice. And it was oh, it's a great venue. Oh, and you got, sure. Yeah, Sorry? that's a great venue, the PNC Bank Art Center, the Garden Center. It's an amphitheater type. Of, oh, yes, absolutely. And how was Joe Cocker? I can't wait to hear what everybody else says. All right, pal. How was Cocker? Thank you, sir. Thank you. You got it, pal. 1-800-283-101.5. Jim is in Lawrenceville on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Jim. Hey, what's happening, Steve? You are. What's going on? Yeah, no, I'm happy. Hey, I, I got to always happening. <laughs> you what? I got to go to Ringo, Char Ringo Starr's sound check when he played at the Hard Rock in September. Get out. What was that like? Uh, it was unbelievable. I, in a weird set of circumstances, I got to be friends with Steve Lukather from uh -huh. Toto, who was his guitar player in his all-star band. Nice. I got invited to sound check, and I got to talk to him. We couldn't go near him, basically, because of COVID stuff. We sat in the first row, and like you said, there's a lot of... Checking levels, you know, hit more hi-hat, more cymbal, hit the bass drum. But just talking to him, he, he was more, it was more, like, inquisitive as to how I knew Steve is what the questions I had for him. Like, you know, I already knew everything about him, but it was just, I told him, my favorite Beatles guys, they wouldn't be the way they were if it wasn't for you. So uh, he's pretty much heard all that, right? But how, now, how did, he must receive it, like, you know, does he roll his eyes, or is he, is he still, like, appreciative? Yeah, he was very appreciative. It was great. Because at the end of the night, the last song, you know, the house lights go up. You're a performer. You know, you can't see off the stage until the house lights go up. And as he was going this, around the uh, doing his final number and he was looking through the crowd, he saw my wife and I pointed at us, smiled. We have everything on video. He smiled, nice. smiled waved at us. My wife and I were going nuts. It was just a great time. Great, great time. So you know, how do you know Lukather? Uh, I do session work in Philly. I've been doing that for about 25 years. And he was in the... The studio at one time, we were working with somebody, and we just passed in the hall, and I said hi, he said hi, and then we got to talking, and I was telling him how much I admired his work, and I was able to point out some of the uh, mistakes that he's made. Mm -hmm. Look at you. <laughs> some of the songs. You are happening. You know, yeah, yeah, but he's a, he was a really good guy. He, he got his back there. He still, like I said, he helps me out with a lot of the music I'm putting together, because I'm partial to jazz and mm -hmm. uh, blues. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, when you're watching a sound check, what is it like? Like, are those, like, when those guys are playing with Ringo, is Ringo like one of the guys, or is he like, you know, he's the boss, and they're countdown to the boss? 
He's really literally one of the guys. Nice. Nice. It's about, it, it, with him, it just seemed like the energy coming off of him, and he was about having fun, even in a sound check. You can tell he was enjoying what he was doing. He was smiling the entire time. And it wasn't like he didn't pay attention to us too much. He mm-hmm. had that initial interaction when we got introduced. Yeah, he's working. And it was all work. Yeah. yeah. It's all work, exactly. That's great. But it was kind of cool just to see the inner workings and then actually being at the concert after that and seeing how the sound actually came out through the mixing boards and what have you. Well, especially for you. We were there. Yeah, especially yeah. for you being in the business. Jim, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I was lucky enough. I sat in the front row for Ringo at the PNC Bank Art Center. It had to be around 2000. I think it was 2000. And because uh, the band, I think Mark Farner was in the band. I'm trying to remember who else. Joe Walsh, I think, was in the band. Um, but the thing about Ringo is that he always, from the Beatles forward, surrounded himself with the best. And Rory, too, I guess. But, you know, it wasn't about, it would have been easy for Ringo to just get a couple of session guys and go on tour and be Ringo. No, no, no. He puts together an all star band, he gets the best of the best on every instrument. And that's how Ringo does the tour. And you got to respect him for that. And what is he now, like 82 years old? And uh, he's still touring. He still brings it. And if you go back and you watch that Ed Sullivan uh, 50th anniversary from 2014, when um, they went back to the theater, Grammy salutes the Beatles, and they had all these different acts doing tributes to the Beatles. And the second to last was Ringo and the band, and Paul closed it. And it was like Ringo schooled everybody else. Even at that date, he just lit the place up because that's what he does. 1-800-283-101.5. Best tickets you ever had for a concert. Give me a call. Here's Fast Traffic. Five, Steve Trevelisse. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Smithereens guitarist Jim Babjack calling it 1010, talking about Gigantar. Tell you what that is when he calls up. And uh, Shannon McDonald. Talking about artists calling it 1020. Talking about Gigantar. Right now, Bruce is rehearsing at the Vogel. We got the light of day this weekend. Bob's birthday bash Saturday night. All kinds of people going to be there. Could he show up? What, have you ever been lucky enough to see a sound check? Were you ever lucky enough to sit in on a rehearsal? And if not, what's the best ticket you ever got for a concert or a live event or a game? The best ticket you ever got. Where did you sit? How much did you pay? What was the story behind it? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelisse. Terry is in Delran on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Terry. Hi, Steve. What a pleasure to speak with you and hear you every evening. Thank you so much. I was a young teenager living in New York. Right. And we were in Manhattan and finally were able to get two more tickets to get in to see Tony Bennett when he was just starting out. I think it was the Paramount probably then. Wow. And then we were maybe about maybe the 10th row in. But then what happened was afterwards we went to the ladies' room and we thought, why don't we try to just sneak in again? And sure enough, we just got back really close up front. And he actually addressed us like, what are you guys here again? Like he actually How about that? Oh, my God. And his brother, uh, since I lived in a, a local town in, in Queens, right. uh, his brother uh, had a, a huge, he had a beauty salon, and he had a big photo of him as soon as you walked in in our, in our little neighborhood. It was, ah, he was just starting out then. It was- oh, wow. Did you see the 60-minute special on Tony Bennett? 
yes, re- uh, not too long ago when they were showing uh, Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, and, uh, well, no, when he was, I think his no, um, you know, and I think his daughter. I saw one where his daughter was being interviewed because now he has he had dementia. Yeah, and she said it didn't matter because as soon as he got on the stage, uh-huh. he just rocked it. It just, one song after another, tapping his foot. It's very when you go on. It's, I guess you can see it online. And uh, sixty minutes did the piece, and it was Lady Gaga. Uh, it appeared with him, and she was so worried that he wouldn't know who she was on stage. And he never said her name in rehearsals, but on stage he said her name. She had to turn away from the audience because she almost broke down and cried. And three days later, after the concert, his last two shows ever, three days later they interview him in Central Park, and he doesn't remember the show. Wow. Yeah, and he's 94 now. 94. Terry, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Do yourself a favor. Go online, 60minutes.com, whatever it is, 60 minutes overtime. They ran it the night of the Super Bowl. And the Rams have been so far out in front that I could care less about the Super Bowl. So I, 60 Minutes was running it and I watched it. And it was truly amazing. You know, and it's so sad. You know, but Tony Bennett, you know, 94. Bill is in Bayonne under Jersey 101.5. Best ticket you ever got for a show, Bill. Amazing. We were, we were just hanging out at the corner, and uh, NEW, the local rock station at the time, said tickets go on sale for ACDC in the Morris stage in Morristown, New Jersey. So we loaded into my 1970 Dodge station wagon, and, mm-hmm. you know, without GPS, we found <laughs> The place and there was nobody there. Like, this is incredible. And we go up to the window, second row set of seats for two dollars and ninety nine cents for ACDC. Get out! Uh, yeah, nineteen seventy eight. They were opening for uh, Savoy Brown. They weren't even the main attraction then. It was crazy. So what was that? You, you shook me all night long. Wasn't released. Yet. I was two years later, right? Oh, this is uh, yeah. So we, were you watching? That girl got alive. with them. We actually. It was even before that. They were promoting the. Uh, uh, the uh, Power Ridge tour. Yeah. Right before their, his last album, his last album was Highway to Hell, right. before Bon Scott died. So they were promoting the Powerage album. So Sin City, you know, more stuff, you know, before uh, Brian Johnson. So wow. they weren't really that popular yet. It was amazing. I mean, they brought a show. I mean, he was, he had the wireless guitar. He was out on the stage and he ran into the audience. Then he was up on the balcony. Then he was out on the streets of Morristown. They had a drag. <laughs> it was crazy. You know what I love about ACDC? I was in, uh, I'd flown to Tampa, Florida. And uh, we get off, my girlfriend and I became my wife. We get off the plane. We're being taken to the, you know, cab to the hotel. And we passed the Thunderdome and they got ACDC there. So at the time I was working in Philadelphia. So I I figured I'd take a shot. What have I got to lose? I I call the venue. I I get the promoter's number, and I tell them I want to cover the concert for WISP. Oh, wow. Great idea. They gave me two seats in the 10th row. And every, this this has got to be 1996, 1996, 97. Every song, first of all, the place is packed. Every song, three minutes, lots of hooks, no slow songs, no whitewash the windows with the hands back. No, no. Bang, bang, bang some more. Oh, one of the best concerts ever. One of them. Incredible. Yeah, and because the songs are all so short, it seemed like it was that much longer as they did so many. Oh, yeah. They did it. They do a long, you know. They hit all their hits, and 
some of the stuff with Bon Scott, and, you know, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, the last time I seen him, I was 93 uh-huh. over in the Giant Stadium. 77,000 people as opposed to the Morris Stage in Morristown. And the tickets were almost $100 uh, each. Yeah. That was great. What a time. What a time. But you saw them win, Bill. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. That's the funny thing, too. You get a great seat for $2. You know, we're going way back. But 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. When was the, what's the most you ever paid for a concert ticket? Better yet, what's the best seat you ever got for a concert? The most I ever paid for a concert was $350 uh, to see Bruce Springsteen at Convention Hall doing the warm-up shows for the 99 back, you know, when the band got back together tour. And it was great because there was no new album to promote. It was all, you know, I, I, I don't want to hear the new album, whatever the new album is. I'm more in tune with, I want to hear all the old songs. Uh, I want to hear the new album when the new album is big. That's me. You know, I know. Uh, but I want to say with Bruce, I loved the idea when he was promoting Darkness and he was playing everything before that. That was my favorite era for Bruce Springsteen. But for you, what was the, the best seat you ever got at a concert or event? Did you get to the front row? Uh, did you ever go to a sound check? 1-800-283-101.5. Where did you sit? How much did you pay? No, Ryan, I want you to answer the phone. Uh, <laughs> how much did you pay? Where did you sit? And was it worth it in the end? That's the most amazing thing. You know? Uh, it's, just, it's just, it blows my mind what tickets go for now. But there's a story and there's an experience that you'll never forget. And hopefully, when all was said and done what you paid, it was worth it. It's the best seat you ever got for a concert. Well, you know, this is a little obscure, but in a small club when I was in college, I saw the surf guitarist Dick Dale. Do you know Dick Dale? He did that uh, guitar riff on Pulp Fiction that got Miserlou. That oh, really? He got like a lot of prominence from that. And I was pressed up against the f- front row in a small venue with me and a few of my buddies. That was a really fun. Nice. Show. Yeah, it was fun. A nice, small, intimate atmosphere. You know, I love those. I love those concerts. That's a story you never forget. Yeah. You know, and all these things. Like, what about game? What's the best seat you ever got for a game? Best seat ever for a game, I sat um, 50-yard line for OSU-Michigan when I was 10 years old. And I'll never wow. forget that. I wish it was a little better result for my Buckeyes, but it was still a great experience. Yeah, that's the bad thing, right? That's why I hate to do road trips. When you're a Giant fan, you do road trips, they mostly lose. So. Yeah. And you got to go all the way home on the plane. But now it's getting better. It's uh, 930. Now the latest New Jersey news. 25, Steve Trevelisse. 1-800-283-101.5. Best seats you ever got for a concert. Let's talk to uh, Mike is in Bloomfield on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good. Yourself, Steve? Good. How about you? What's going on? All right. Like, the best seats ever had. Ever had. Uh-huh. Steve Ray Vaughan and Jeff Beck, third vote at the Garden. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What timing on that? It was, it was probably one, one of his last concerts before he died. Vaughn. Wow. Uh, how did you get those tickets? How much did you pay? you got to tell me the story. Uh, paid pretty much nothing. We used to see at the Cap- Capitol Theater uh-huh. at the fake. Right. Paid about three tickets. Uh, best concert. 
Wow. You now, now wait, so you, now, I'm sorry, say this again. Where did you sit? You sat in the front row? Uh, third row. You sat in the third row and you got the tickets the for free? No, it's like we paid probably like back then in the 80s. I think it was like 15 bucks. Oh, my God. How about that? How, and you got your money's worth. Boy, did you get your money's worth. <laughs> Damn right I did. How blown away are you by Beck dying? Dude, take care. God bless. All right, Mike. Take care. I don't think he can hear me. All right. Uh, how about that? Jeff Beck, Stevie Ray Vaughan at the Garden. Third row. About $15 a ticket. Wow. Tom is in Richboro on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Tom. Hey, Steve. Uh, I think it was 83 or 84. I saw the Ramones uh, at Douglas College at Rutgers. Right. And, and there weren't any seats. We were standing, and it was a free concert. Wow. Wow. That's great. And the bizarre thing is that Alan Holdsworth opened for the Ramones. How about that? And I started weaving my way up to the front row. Right. Got to the front row. And it was, I think it was a plywood uh, barrier. And I started feeling people push up against me. And, and I went to the left and got, got out of there. So I went over to the side of the stage. But, uh, yeah, uh, guys were jumping off the stage. What an incredible show. And, again, every song, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love a huge Ramones fan. I, I remember Vince Gels on WNEW. I feel the Ramones attack, and he played 45 minutes of straight Ramones. And you could drive a lot faster listening to it in your car in the left lane. Oh, it was one, two, three, four. Do, 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 do. Yeah, everyone. Song after song after song. I want to be sedated. I love Baby, I Love You, when he when Spectre was producing him. And, and guys jumped up on the stage, and I thought uh, he was going to grab Joey, and he went right around him and dove, and everybody moved out of the way, and he, he hit the ground. Wow. Oh, man. Grass. I met them. I was working at YSP. My first day at YSP, I walk into the lobby, and there the four of them is in, the, in a group. And the program director's guy named Michael Bacosi, Steve Trevelis, Ramones, Ramones, Steve Trevelis. Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, when they had Subterranean, I think Subterranean Jungle was the album they were promoting at the time. And I was at the Record Runner in New York. I would go up there on the weekends when I was doing overnights. And it, would be, it wouldn't be uncommon to see Joey in the record store just thumbing through albums. Right. Man, that's and a great show. Also in Houston, um, there was a club, and on the radio they said, free show, and we went to see Blue Oyster Cult. Nice. Nice. Thanks for the call to New Jersey, 101.5, Long Island. Uh, let's go to Rick in Tom's River on New Jersey, 101.5. Hey, Rick. Hi. Uh, um, I know this isn't um, music-related, but I, I, I think it's a pretty good story. No, I said game. No, all right, cool. So um, I was gambling. So this guy I know that, um, you guys take us to the Super Bowl. So we fly out to um, Vegas. Right. Westward Ho. Remember that casino? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we stay there, and we have to meet this guy at another place to pick up the tickets. All free. So, and I didn't have to go in, but then he picks them up. All he has to do is get a shot. Right. So, anyway. He gets a shot, and 50-yard uh, line. He gets a uh, shot? A shot of what? 
Um, whiskey. Oh, I mean, he had to get like vaccine vaccinated to get into the show. He gets a shot. So wait, a minute. he so, so this guy gave him Super Bowl tickets for a shot. Yeah, um, it, he was like uh, it was back before legal gambling. You know what I'm saying? I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. one hell of a shot. We went in there, and then we went in there, and um, we're in the first and second seat right. on the 50 yard line. Uh, this is Green Bay. And uh, Denver. The John Elway game. We're doing it for John. Right. Right. And, and, but, John, um, do you remember Home Improvement? Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I had better seats than him. He was, he was, I was on the first and second seat. Uh-huh. He was down on the, the, the 13th or 15th. <laughs> Did you give him the finger? And I had the over for the game. Uh-huh. So I was really rooting for it because, like, they, they got the over. Right. But, like, <laughs> and I went down and high fived them. I had to. Get out. <laughs> That's great. That's true story, I swear to God. And, and you won on game, right? Well, I won the over, but I lost the. Uh, on the Green Bay, like Vegas stuff, dude. That was that was that was destiny that all we would win that game. Oh my God, it was so much fun though. Yeah. But it was really um, it, one of the like, and then there were free tickets. I guess uh, in a technical stance. That's all right. Free is free. Thanks for the call. The New Jersey one hundred one point five. Mike is in Old Bridge on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hey, Mike. Hey, hi. How you doing tonight? Good. How about you? Good. Good. Hey, I saw the best seats I ever had, Madonna, I think the year was 1984, 85. I'm not even sure. It had to be around the mid-80s at the Garden. It was our first time at the Garden. I got tickets for two nights, both nights in the first row, and it was fantastic. Wow. What'd you pay? Do you remember? You know what? I know I probably paid under $100, and it's funny because when you bought the tickets at the end of because these are the days when you had to go get online. Get online, wristbands, the whole thing, right? Exactly. And we bought the tickets, and right after you bought the tickets at the window, there was a guy who I assume is a ticket broker or scalper. He was standing there with a wad of $100 bills offering money to people to give them the tickets. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was from you as you bought them and and i actually sold i think i had the third night as well i think i sold one night i kept two and i went to two nights of madonna and and the highlight of it was she actually gave me a five a high five all right good for you she's wearing she's wearing the underwear over the clothes back then too right he he did like a virgin he did like a virgin and you got slapped for the very first time. Didn't that work out well? Thanks for call to New Jersey 101.5. I've got some shocking, heartbreaking news coming up. I one 1015 Steve Trevelisse. I said going into the break that I've got some very sad news for you. And uh, I, I'm as shocked as you are when you're going to hear this. Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's only child, passed away from cardiac arrest today at the age of 54. Priscilla Presley and the Presley family from Variety are shocked and devastated by the tragic death of their beloved Lisa Marie. Reads a family statement. They are profoundly grateful for the support, love, and prayers of everyone asked for privacy during this very difficult time. Lisa Marie was hospitalized this morning after suffering cardiac arrest at her home in Calabasas, California. Just two days after she attended the Golden Globes with her mother Priscilla, she was rushed to a hospital after paramedics performed CPR. 
CPR. Her ex-husband, Danny Keogh, had been living with Presley and administered CPR before the paramedics arrived, according to TMZ. Now, Lisa Marie and Priscilla were at the Golden Globes on January 10th, Tuesday, to see Austin Butler win the Golden Globe for his starring role in Elvis as best actor in a drama. They also attended a pre-Globes party on Sunday for Elvis, where the family honored what would have been the king of rock and roll's 88th birthday. I'm so overwhelmed by this film and the effect that it's had and what Austin has done. I'm so proud. I know my father would also be very proud, Lisa Marie said at the event. If you've uh, you ever been to Great Graceland, there's a plane that Elvis flew called Lisa Marie. Uh, uh, so sad. So incredibly sad. She was born exactly nine months after the marriage of Elvis Presley uh, and Priscilla. Uh, Priscilla met the king of rock and roll at the age of 14 and uh, later acted in several movies and TV shows uh, after the celebrity couple divorced. And Lisa inherited her father's mansion, Graceland, after the death of her father, grandfather, and great-grandmother, and then inherited Elvis Presley's entire estate when she turned 25. She sold 85% of the estate, which had an estimated value of $100 million when she inherited it in 2005 to industrial media, but kept control of Graceland. Uh, this, is, this is so sad. You know, the, the tragic story of Elvis Presley continues. For all, the, for all the greatness of the king of rock and roll and as great a talent as he was, so much tragedy in his life, which was taken so young. And now Lisa Marie passes at 54. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. If there's uh, anything you want to say. Uh, it, it's so, you know, Jeff Beck yesterday, Lisa Marie today. You know, the the beginning of January, you know, it takes me back to uh, seven years ago when David Bowie's death took everyone by surprise. No one was expecting it. Uh, we got Jim Babjack coming on, Smithereens lead guitarist after 10 o'clock. Uh, uh, we'll talk to him about it. Talk to him about Jeff Beck and Bowie and all things Smithereens and Gigantar. But 1-800-283-101.5. Talking about the best tickets you ever got for a game or a show. What have you got for me? We had so many great ones. So hard to get a great concert ticket now without paying through the nose. But once upon a time, he could. Uh, I went to Facebook. Uh, Pat says, go by yourself. Front row for U2. 360. Peter Gabriel. How about that? John Tesh. You got front row for John Tesh? That's worth every dime. Am I right? Am I right? Uh, Let's see. Comedian Tim Grill, front row for a last summer's Motley Crue stadium tour. You got to pay a lot of money for the front row. And like I said, I think it's kind of, it's kind of weird sitting in the front row. Rod got Springsteen at the Spectrum, row seven. Front row for Van Halen. It was the first anniversary of my mother's death, so I sparged a bit. Mom would have approved. Uh, front row center at the Tower Theater. For Mahavishnu. Had a floor seat for a Sixers game. That's got to be $1,000 or so. I mean, floor seats for the Knicks have to be thousands of dollars. But 1-800-283-101.5. Light of day concerts going on all over Asbury Park. You could um, go on nj1015.com, get on the Steve Trevelis page, and you could see who's going to be where. The birthday bash will be Saturday night. Will Bruce show up? We're not really sure. But we do know that he's been rehearsing at the Vogel in Red Bank. 
people have been waiting outside, just wanting to hear the music. When uh, I had a coffee house in Ocean Grove, and when I was going to check out Asbury Park for opening a business, the realtor said, you know, part of the deal is you get the book, the Paramount Theater. And at the time, it was a show. We're talking like 2003, like around there, 2004. Uh, so you go down, can I check it out? Can I see it? So my wife and I go down with the realtor, and there's a black Landover parked in front. Oh, Bruce is here. Bruce is here. Opens the chain, you know, takes the chain off the door. We go in the padlock chain we're talking about. We go in, and we're hearing music. And there's Bruce on stage working with another guy, just the two of them in this empty theater, working out for the tour he was about. He was going on a solo tour, the tour that he was about to go out on. And my wife and I are hanging in the wings just listening, kind of expecting to be thrown out. Uh, but what an experience. Have you ever gone to a sound check? 1-800-283-101.5. What the hell are you doing here? It's you in Ambler. What's up, pal? Yo, Trev, first of all, man, I can't, I can't believe Lisa Marie Presley. How about that? Years old. I know. But the thing of it is, I mean, she was married to Michael Jackson. I mean, all these icons in her life. I think she was married to Nicolas Cage, too, wasn't she? I don't know. I got to find out. Go ahead. But you know, you know what's crazy? I mean, all the money and all the... And it doesn't give you any more, you know, you don't get to live longer. You don't get to have a, 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 an unbelievable longer life. It, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I know, it's money and, and all the fame and everything. It doesn't, wow, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's shocking. No, ab- absolutely. Uh, you know what? It, it just is- took me completely by surprise. Go ahead. Yeah. But now I'm going to tell you about the concert I saw, man. Good. Because we're going back now. Because I'm an old guy. Right. Okay? But in 1973, my buddy and I, we um, Pink Floyd was doing a tour. Okay? They were doing um, the Dark Side of the Moon album. Okay? Right. So we were like, let's get tickets for this. So they were coming to the Spectrum. And they called it the Spectrum Theater. I remember that. Spectrum and Hiff. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember the Spectrum Theater. So they cut it in half, and they put speakers all around the Spectrum so you could hear surround sound as you were sitting there. But the thing of it is, we went on Ticketron, and we got tickets, and we were in the front row for Dark Side of the Moon. Wow. In, at the Spectrum Theater in 1973, I have pictures. I have my, ca- I brought my camera, and they let me take pictures. <laughs> about I was that? right in front of them. I was like taking pictures and everything. Remember that? Main- Today everybody takes pictures. Back then they wouldn't let you take pictures. Dude, that that is amazing. You, I gotta hit the news, man. Thanks for calling. All right, Lisa and uh, Nicholas Cage were officially divorced in 2004. How about that, Lisa Marie? passes away cardiac arrest at the age of 54 jim babjack and smithereens coming up 
Dominsky and Doyle are now available on demand. Shut up. I swear to God. That's ridiculous. Weekday afternoons, Dominsky and Doyle are on New Jersey 101.5. But now you can listen to them anytime and anywhere on demand. Is it a big deal? Is it fun? Or is it just like silliness? Subscribe to the Dominsky and Doyle show wherever you get podcasts. Or go to our free app and click the On Demand button to hear the show. Hey, Doyle, get on that radio. Dominsky and Doyle, now available on demand from New Jersey 101.5. Is uh 1008, Steve Trevelis. Remember to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. I'm unloading the dishwasher today listening to a whole bunch of smithereen songs from Alexa. Is one of them. Jim Babjack's going to be calling in. Light of Day's going on in Asbury Park this weekend. And uh, aside from that, there's another event going on over at the Stone Pony where a uh, 24-foot gigantar is going to be uh, premiered. We'll talk about that. Meanwhile, go to nj1015.com. You want to get the entire lineup for Light of Day. It's over there for you. Also, uh, my interview with Vinny Mad Dog Lopez. Uh, 50 years ago, Greetings from Asbury Park was released. And there was a symposium last weekend where David Sanchez and Gary Talent and everybody got together, Vinny, uh, talking about the album. Mike Appel was Bruce's first manager. So uh, Vinny gave me some facts about the album that are on NJ1015.com. But right now... Uh, we're all basically stunned by the news that Lisa Marie Presley passed away uh, at 54 years old. Cardiac arrest. She went to the Golden Globes. She saw, um, um, you know, she saw the actor from El- uh, the Elvis actor get the award, uh, which was, you know, which was why she was there and why it meant so much to her. Uh it's just, you know, again, it's just so sad. Austin Butler uh, won the Golden Globe for his portrayal of her father, and she said her father would be proud. But 1-800-283-101.5. What's going on here is there's a, there's going to be a sculpture, a 24-foot sculpture that's going to be unveiled at the... uh, at the Stone Pony this Saturday, and it's called a Gigantor, and it was done by Shannon McDonald. Now Shannon McDonald uh, is an artist. As a matter of fact, uh, she designed the poster for the Ed Sullivan Show, uh, the 50th anniversary of Ed Sullivan with the Beatles uh, in 2014, and. She's come up with this 24-foot guitar sculpture known as Gigantar. There used to be a cartoon show called Gigantor. And uh, that was like an early 60s black and white Japanese animation about this space-age robot that uh, was programmed by this little boy and uh, later became known as the Iron Giant. And uh, this is not that. This is something completely different. This is Gigantar. And what Gigantar is, is a uh, 24-foot sculpture. Huge. And it was made in Farmingdale. And it's going to be unveiled on Saturday at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park before it's taken to the Illinois Museum on Route 66, where Cheap Trick guitarist Rick Nielsen is going to flip the switch at the lighting ceremony 
uh, with Shannon McDonald and Ron Romeo. And uh, appearing at the unveiling in Asbury Park is a man who, when he plays the guitar, it seems like a 24-foot guitar. And that would be Smithereens guitarist Jim Babjack. And he joins me now on New Jersey 101.5. What's happening, pal? <laughs> what an intro, man. I'm telling you, you make that guitar seem like it's 24 feet. And, and you're playing that thing. What's the first solo you would play on it? Oh, man. Uh, a heart full of soul. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can you believe Jeff Beck died? How, how do you feel about that, Jim? That's a shock, man. I, I, I've i seen him uh, quite a few times. I, uh, I think the first time I saw him was in 1975 at Avery Fisher Hall. Right. And I've seen him at the Capitol Theater in Passaic. And, and recently with um, Brian Wilson, uh, I, I saw him do that tour. No, he was great, man. He he definitely was an influence. It came out of nowhere. You know, just just like you go back to when Bowie died, and nobody expected that to happen, and that was seven years ago. What was it, Monday? How would you feel about Bowie? Yeah, I mean, I think he kept that a secret. You know, I knew he, he knew he was sick. Oh, I love Bowie. I, I you know, uh, many parts of his career. But, uh, you know, meningitis, though, I, I, <laughs> what was the last? How do you get that? I mean, that's... I thought we took care of that years ago. I know, right? Right? Yeah. No, it's... And then Lisa Marie Presley today. Yeah. It's like, wow. We just got that word, uh, like, about a half an hour ago. And uh, it, you talk about a shock. And such, just, you know, as great as Elvis was, he may be one of the most tragic figures in rock and roll. Yeah, that movie was great though. The the one that came out uh, recently, the Elvis with Tom Hanks. Yeah, what'd you what'd you think of it? I loved it. I loved it. It's funny. You didn't like it? No, no, I did. It's a it's a completely different perspective because you see it from Parker's side, and it's it's almost like Parker, played by Tom Hanks in the fat suit, defending himself. <laughs> and you say, you know what? On the one hand, you know Parker Parker was a hustler. And he was a bad guy. But when you really think, looking back, he had a lot of great ideas. He was the first, you know, now, back then, nobody would ever play Las Vegas. Nobody wanted to play in the hotel. And Parker was the guy that, you know what, I'm, he's not going to tour Europe, but he's going to own a hotel. And this is where he's going to be. And now what's happening? All the rock stars. Celine Dion has a place in Vegas. Elton John, Billy Joel plays the garden. Right? He was, he was like a, ahead of his time with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So, man, this whole Jeff Beck thing, uh, and I, I wanted to go see him uh, with Johnny Depp when he played at the um, the Count Basie recently. Right. Uh, wasn't too long ago. I think it was in November or something like that. But I, I was busy, and uh, damn. Oh man, Depp is blown away. Yeah. Yeah, People Magazine has a piece on that. You know, like, he was such a great guitarist. Now, Jeff Beck, where is he on the Jim Babjack Mount Rushmore of great guitars? Oh, he's up there. He's definitely up there. I mean, when I was a kid, I listened to the Yardbirds, uh, and then his, his album, Truth, his first solo album, mm -hmm. uh, is still, still one of... I have it out. It's not even put away. It's, it's out near my turntable because I put it on often. <laughs> One of, one of my favorite records. Growing up with Bex Bolero. Yeah, that and Beg, 
Beck, Bo- Bogart, and Apathy, that uh, one, too. Yeah. Oh, ama- amazing. You know, so what's been happening with you, Jim? Real busy, man. We're, we're, <laughs> there's a lot of gigs lined up um, for next, uh, for this year. <laughs> what am you saying next year? It's busy. It's already next year. <laughs> 2023. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Uh yeah, no, the gigs are, are piling up and uh, working on new songs. I'm just constantly, um, you know, doing that. And you've got a new album coming out with uh, Marshall Crenshaw, Robin Wilson, going to be the guest vocalist. Uh, w- what's it like? What's the writing style like? Well, it's like the way I used to work with Pat. I would, um, I would come up with, uh, you know, a, a, a hook for a song, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe a title, and then uh, the melody and the music and then um, some words here and there and then fill, fill in the gaps, you know, because uh, whoever's singing it, I want that person to really uh, have something, uh, a part of the song, you know, right. um, so it'd be meaningful. What's it like? Like, it's one thing when you're playing with, you know, with Marshall and Robin compared to playing with Pat. What's it like writing for Marshall and Robin compared to working with Pat? It's it's actually the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good. Uncanny, but it's it's a good way to work. You know, it's it's not uh, it's not like you're sitting in a room, you know, looking at each other and like, hey, what, what's the next line? You know, right. it's, it's more like I'll record the stuff and send it. You know, and now I can send it on my phone, which is which is really cool. And then uh, you know, the guys have been over Mike and, and Dennis uh, to my house, and we went over some stuff in the basement. Um, you know, just uh, hashing through it, and uh, it's sounding good. It's it's going to be a great record. Nice. Now, you and Dennis are going to be at the Pony for this uh, Gigantar unveiling. How did you get involved in this? <laughs> How do I get involved with that? Yeah, <laughs> leave you alone for one day. How did you get involved in this? Um, we, Shannon McDonald is a she's a great artist. She is, and uh, she uh, I met her at a Beatles convention that we we were we were playing at one uh, years ago, and that's that's where I met her, and we we stayed in touch all along. And um, I don't know, she messaged me about this and asked me. She didn't tell me much about it. Right? She said, "Would you like to unveil this guitar?" I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I looked at my calendar, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm free." I'm free, so I'll do it. But, yeah. you know, so that's that's it, you know. Hey, I can't think of anybody better. Anyone that could make a guitar seem like a 24-foot guitar, and this actually is a 24-foot guitar, it would be Jim Babjack, lead guitarist of the Smithereens. Dude, best of luck with the coffee, too. I know that's going to be bigger and better in 23, and I'm looking forward to a cup. you got to come down here. Another thing I found out is that you are a pizza connoisseur. <laughs> I had no idea. Pizza in 49 states? Oh, somebody told you that, huh? Yeah, how about a little birdie? A little Cindy birdie told me about that. Oh, okay, yeah, that's funny. I, You know, when we started uh, touring back in the 80s, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm going to try the pizza in every state. Right. So it stacks up. And the most recent one was, uh, uh, where, where's Cheyenne? Uh, Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was at a friend's house in Denver right. and, uh, he, and we were talking about it and I said, Oh, I have, I've had pizza in 48 States. And he said, what's, what's left? And I said, Alaska and, and Wyoming. He says, you know, Wyoming's only 45 minutes from my house. <laughs> I'm like, Let's go. I just went over there just right. to have pizza. So how was it? 
It was great. Really? It was a, yeah. There was a guy there. He, he called the name of the place was Bronx Pizza. I'm like, okay, I got to I got to check this out because there were like three pizza places around in, in the same area. Right. So I picked that one. I go in there, and the guy's from the Bronx. He moved there. Oh man! And I witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my picture taken with him. I think he's got it on the wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> the funny part is I'm tasting it, and I'm going, damn, this is really good. This tastes like I'm in New Jersey or in New York. Wow. And I, I asked him, I said, do you bring the water in or something? And he says, no, that's a myth. I just I just use the water here. I, I don't know what his secret is, but um, it was great. That's great. So now, now I got to go to Alaska. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you go to Alaska, you got to come in the studio. We'll get uh, we'll get Guy Matson in here, Mister Pizza Ball. We'll eat some pizza and we'll hang out. But not only that, I've had pizza in Iceland and and Scandinavia, really and Europe. In Iceland, they had Dennis was with me, and we were at this restaurant, and they put all kinds of seafood on it. And and this is back in 1986, and it was really wow. uncommon to have something like that back then. And it was really good. I was just really surprised. They nice. Well. Nice. Yeah. I just when they put seafood on everything. All right, kiddo. Yeah. Jim Babchak. Dude, thanks so much for coming on, man. We got we to get together soon. You got to come down here. Absolutely. And we'll have some coffee. And some pizza. He's going to call to New Jersey 101.5. Jim, Jim Babjack, pizza connoisseur. Shannon McDonald coming up. Here's fast traffic. 283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. Hanging out till 11 o'clock, you and me. Headlines and Trev Lines coming up at 10.30. Go to nj1015.com. Check out the Steve Trevelis page where you get the best steaks in New Jersey. What we should do with the marijuana money, says the state is asking. Uh, do you really believe that New Jersey, the American dream, is living here? That it's alive and well, as Governor Murphy says? I got some, uh, some articles up there for you to read. Shannon McDonald. Hell of a human being. And she's created uh, a, a, a rock art impresario. She's created a 24-foot guitar sculpture known as Gigantar. And she did it in Farmingdale. And it's going to be unveiled Saturday at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park before it is taken to the Illinois Museum on Route 66 where guitarist Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick will flip the switch at the lighting ceremony with Shannon and Ron Romeo. Jim Babjack is going to be there who we just uh, had on Dennis Dyken, also of the Smithereens. The celebration in Joliet will take place on January 20th. But Shannon joins me now on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Shannon. How are you? I'm good. Do you remember we did an event at the Headliner a long time ago uh, with your art on a Sunday afternoon? I don't remember that. I feel terrible. That's okay. It was set up by our, friend, our old friend Dave Hershey. May he rest in peace. Oh yes, yes, yes! I remember it now. Of course, I do. I, that was um, that was quite a while ago. And uh, <laughs> really, a long time. Uh, Dave, Dave was such a good friend to both of us. He was he was quite a good guy. Uh, he was a friend to so many. Just a good soul, a good a, a great heart. And uh, and and, yeah. and I'm glad that he brought us together because in my in my den hangs the picture that you took of the the poster of the Ed Sullivan 50th anniversary with the Beatles, and another one right. of John and Paul, like from the late 60s. Uh, that was the Apple meeting. The when Apple they meeting came to America. They introduced their new company, Apple Corp. Yeah. Right. 
and uh, you do great work. And uh, tell me, how did this uh, how did this all come about? A twenty four foot guitar known as Gigantar. Well, the um, Ron Romero had gotten in touch with me uh, pre COVID, so it's been going on for a while. Right, and he asked me. Uh, to come out to Illinois, to Joliet, Illinois, and check out the museum, which was awesome, quite a place. And he said he wanted to talk to me about doing something uh, advertisement-wise for the building, something striking. And he did send me, um, it was a diagram, basically, of a guitar hanging from the building. Right. But it was kind of like a Stratocaster-looking thing with a banana headstock, kind of like 5150 Eddie Van Halen style. And and their whole thing about them was it was Route 66. That it, at the, you know, besides rock and blues and all that, Route 66 was a integral part of what they were trying to um, project with the museum. So their logo even had Route 66 as a guitar. You know, just the bottom, the body. Right. And it, it's kind of cartoony, very, you know, very uh, uh, cut and paste looking uh, basic logo. Right. Like three or four colors or whatever. So I had said to him, um, give me some time. Let me design some stuff. And so I put together a actual guitar for him uh, that looked like a guitar. And that's what kind of led on to... Um, putting this sculpture together for him, which at the time, I think it was only going to be like 18 to 20 feet. And I, we helped, uh, between me and some other people, we helped him to understand that an art project has a lot more going for it than just a, a, a street sign that goes on a building. So we ended up getting the full amount, which was 24 that we could do. Which was great because that gave me another four feet to work with. And uh, how hard is it for you to do it? I, oh, it's very difficult. It's not easy at all. I know. I mean, first of all, you have to you have to you, you got to sketch it out, figure it out, mm-hmm. colors, all that stuff. What you're going to do, and you know, you know, I build guitars, so and I'm very familiar with guitars because I've been playing for years. So, uh, kind of how Dave and I met as we were talking. So. Um, you know, the whole thing was, I, even the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I had done some 8-foot and 10-foot guitars for them, which were very successful with them. I think I did, uh, what did I do, four of them for them right. back in, back 98 or something. Anyway, um, you know, fast forward now, and it's like, well, I did an 8 I did a 10 Where can we go with it? So, <laughs> Sky's the limit. It's, uh, yeah, and that's what it is. And the only thing that's different about it being, you know, because it's true, if you measured all the frets, if you measured all the inlay, the dot inlay, um, it is a real, it's it, it's projected to be like a real, true-to-life, measurable guitar. Nice. So um, the only thing that's different is if you're on one side of the street coming up to the museum, it will be a lefty. If you're on the other side, it'll be a righty. Okay. So there's guitars on both sides. So you, that's the difficult part for the whole thing was that there's actually, um, it's not just a guitar, but it's actually two guitars into one. Right. Shannon, I got to hit the news. I got to ask you, what time would be unveiled at the Pony Saturday? Between 2 and 3 p.m. 
between 2 and 3 p.m. Stone Pony, Shannon McDonald, send me some pictures. We'll put a nice post at nj1015.com. Nice. Great talking to you, Steve. Same here. Take care. 1-800-283-101.5-1030. Now the latest New Jersey news. 283-101.5. That's Ryan Bissell on the drums. Can you hear him? I love the drums. The way he keeps that tempo going up. You play the drums, don't you? Uh, it's one of the. It's it's actually an instrument I don't play. You don't play the drums? I don't. I. What do I, you play? You do play something, right? I do play. Uh, so I played a lot of uh, saxophone in high school. That, that was. You play what, saxophone? Yeah. I, wow. I was playing that in middle school. Uh, I play guitar, bass. Uh, really. I dabble in piano a little bit. Like my friends in, in college are all music majors, and so I was influenced by them to just kind of you know, like you know start picking things up, um, and that's always a lot of fun. I mean, I, they introduced me to so much music. How about that? Yeah, yeah. We you know we were talking earlier today about the idea that I'm looking at the picture of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and Bruce has gotten you know Bruce has gotten old. We all get old, <laughs> but it doesn't hit you till you look at him, and he's like this old man looking like Lyle Lovett waving at people. Yeah, and I think. Bruce, in my head, I see him as young Bruce. I see Bruce of 1978 or whatever, you know? Uh, And you realize that, you know, rock and roll is getting old. And I'm saying, you know, rock and roll was never meant to, and no offense, Bruce is great. And no, we're all getting old. But I mean, look at Paul. But but the thing is that I never thought, you know, rock and roll, I always thought was meant for the young. I always thought rock and roll was young people. And when it first came out, it was Born of Rebellion. Young people's music written to young people. Yeah. And now we're watching rock and roll age. And then you said something to be profound. Maybe it's your rock and roll. Yeah. So it's not so much that, you know, rock and roll as a genre is dying out. And, you know, well, it's not dying out, just dying aging. Out. Yeah, it's just aging. But it's your or rock maybe and roll is aging. Out. So, yeah. but, but, but what's the difference between my rock and roll? And you're 23, right? Uh, 24. 24. Yeah. All right, what's the difference between my rock and roll and your rock and roll? Uh, if I, I see, this is tough because I'm not like a professional musician. Like, I'm, I'm not. No, like, no, no, like, but you're a rock and roll fan. I'm not oh, a professional yeah, no. musician either. No, I was going to say, it's not like I'm Bab Jack. So, but, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, what is it? Um, there's a lot of electronic uh, instruments that find their way into um, modern mixing. Uh, but is it born out of rebellion? Not, not so much the, the musicianship. Yeah. The passion, the the you know what I'm saying, the the heart, you know, like rock and roll was born because kids were rebelling against their parents. Rock and roll was born because at the time they weren't allowed they weren't allowed to do things. Yeah. You know, it was all about you know freedom. You know, you listen to early Bruce, like he said, you know, uh, got to get out while we're young. You know, uh, this town rips the bones from your back. Got to get out. It's a death trap. You know, but that whole idea of the freedom of when. You when kids, if you go yeah. back to the 50s and you go to the 60s and the early 60s and the later 60s became political, but it was all about rebellion against the establishment. Yeah. So that's my idea of old rock. To me, rock was written for the young because when you're young, you have dreams. You yeah. have dreams of rebelling, dreams of breaking away. They beat you down when you get old and you realize, I can only break away so long as they're going to make this mortgage payment yeah. at the end of the month yeah. and put the kids to school. So yeah. it's a different thing. But um, now that I've had a second to think about it here, uh, I would say the modern version almost 
of rock and roll would be indie music. Um, with your generation, it was like, you know, get to the record deal, you know, play the rock music, go to the shows, you get the record deal. Like, there wasn't really all too many ways you could go about, you No, know, I mean the meaning your, of the music. Oh, I know, I'm getting there. Um, and so, And so with indie music... Um, that's kind of what it is now. You know, you make your own music. And so people are coming from all sorts of different spots now. Right. Um, and bring in, like, you know, their own influences from wherever they are in the country, whatever musicians they listen to. Um, and there's well, the, the lines that. of genre are kind of being blurred now. Well, it was always alternative, whatever the hell that meant. You know, I listen to alternative. And, you know, I would say, well, alternative? And I'm thinking young Elvis Costello, you know, <laughs> the pretenders. And no, 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 no. Now alternative is something completely different. Yeah. But it's just the idea of, I guess, again, like I'm trying to express this right. Yeah. When the early days of rock uh -huh. was like the 50s, 60s, 17, 15, 16, 17 year old kids rebelling against their parents. So it was a music that was a, when rock first began. It was music that the parents hated, that belonged to the kids, and it's our music and not yours. Yeah. And it was very, very youth-oriented. Now, when you've got 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old people writing it, they're not writing. Paul McCartney's not writing. She yeah. was just 17. You know what I mean? At 80. He yeah. wrote it when he was 17. That'd be really creepy. It's a you know, it's a, there's a difference. There's a, there's a difference there. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Just the way rock and roll has grown up. And like now, when Bruce writes a song like uh, Tougher Than The Rest, yeah. he's, not, he's not a 15-year-old kid. You know, he's not a 15-year-old kid writing Born to Run or writing It's a Town Full of Losers, I'm Pulling Out of Here to Win, which I think is the greatest line in all of music. Now he's thinking, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to outlast everybody. I may not be the hottest guy, but I'm tougher than the rest. And it's a completely different thing. So, like, rock and roll, that, that to but, me is rock and roll. But is it different? Is that maybe that, that you know, that drive to be against society is just the kind of your generation's thing you know that's just the general feeling your society had which is why rock music looked and sounded the way it did and now you know in my generation with just the way that things are now you know there i not Do there's you less think of a rebelling? need to rebel well i see that's the thing does your generation think in terms of rebelling or do they think in terms of breaking away from the norm or you know I, t t turning the status quo it's tough i mean i think that uh, a lot of what the modern uh, opinion of society like what we consider the opinion of society today is is dictated by young people and so it's kind of hard to have um a base to rebel from that if that is what is the the youthful opinion already does that make sense no <laughs> so so like uh if if what's there to rebel you, from if public opinion is your own because you're rebelling against the norm or well, yeah rebelling against you know again you know the, the i gotta take a break the status quo yeah we are the garden state 1-800-283-101.5 steve trebleese the uh the Dennis and Judy Rewind is coming up at 11 o'clock. And then after that, the Dominsky and Doyle Rewind. And then after that, First Jersey News. And then and only then will Bill Spady return. One oh one point five. I Ryan Bissell and I are having a conversation here. And we're talking about, like, the aging of rock and roll. And like I said, I always thought, I think of rock and roll as a, as a genre for the young. But now we've got 80-year-old people performing it. 
People in their 70s are performing it. Rock and roll grew up. And you're saying maybe your rock and roll grew up. So how how is your rock and roll at 23 different from my rock and roll? Say fifties, sixties, et cetera. So, forties. Uh, what we what we we kind of talked we're talking about was like a lot of the the heart, as you called it, behind uh, the rock uh, rebellion. Uh, yeah, rebellion. Uh, and I kind of feel like a lot of that rebellious energy has transferred into. Uh, popular culture now you know everyone wants like everyone wears like punk styles like you're hearing a lot more punk music rebellion's become the norm rebellion's becoming the norm and so it's hard for i guess rock and roll to singularly hold that space now as it used to where it was like rock and roll music was your was like an avenue for um you know going against the norm but now like people like you who grew up with that had kids and so you're not going to tell your kids ah turn off that you know trashy rock music because you remember being they tell me turn off that trashy music (laughs) exactly (laughs) why is that dad (laughs) exactly and so um i kind of feel like indie is is kind indie music like i said was uh is kind of filling that space now where the uh, rebellion yeah the rebellion where if you don't want to be part of that uh that larger modern music structure you kind of go there to um say what you need to say self-produce your music um, and, you know, really go down uh, the rabbit hole, if you will, of uh, what internet can, of the Internet can do for you. So um, what's the norm then? What's if everybody, like, we're talking about young rock versus old rock. Yeah. Okay, now you're a fan of young rock. I listen to a lot of stuff. Okay. Are you a fan of young rock? Yes. Okay. What, how would you describe, if it's not rebellion, if the indie is rebellion, then how would you describe, so I understand how would you describe young rock and the difference between young rock and old rock? Old rock being Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, etc. Whereas old rock was trying to show how you are an individual amongst the crowd, um, modern rock is more about finding your place and still, but still being an individual. There's a larger feeling nowadays of wanting to uh, in in music, and I, I feel like in a lot of youthful people of finding your your crowd, your village, if you will. Um, not that that wasn't there back in the day; definitely still was. Um, but I feel like that's a lot more the focus is uh, camaraderie um, in the music and in the fan bases of the musicians as well. Yeah, you know what? You struck a nerve with that because, you know, born to run, you know, in the old days it was about, you know, getting out, running away, you know, being being singular, but yet wanting to come home, wanting to belong, wanting to belong to something. And, you know, Bruce does that bit in, uh, in his Broadway show. Where he's like, you know, get out while we're young, death trap suit. I live 10 minutes from my house. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, so I get that. So basically the idea is, whereas the old rocker wanted to, like you said, get out and be singular against the world. And, you know, the new rocker wants to find his plate, figure out where he fits in, in that, in that village, where he fits in, in that comfort zone of a place. Exactly. Which is something you, and what you said there about wanting to be on your own about uh, classic rock music is kind of what ties into a lot of the music those modern artists make now, uh, not modern artists, uh, those artists make now that they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s, that, that tone is still there, you know, Bruce Springsteen still wants to, you know, make it and, 
you know, be that guy. But it's just now he's older and is, you know, also focusing on the fact that, you know, maybe he's not as young as he used to be, but he's still here and he's still that same guy that he used to be. He was saying that in Thunder Road. <laughs> maybe we ain't that young anymore. <laughs> and I was 74. But, yeah. you know, I think like with Bruce, with Bruce's music, it's, it's an acceptance and an understanding of the way his life is today. Yeah. And he's singing from that point. And tougher than the rest, for one, for me, just kind of hits that. Here's where I am. Here's who I am. And hearing him explain that on Howard Stern. But it's a completely different thing from writing from 17 years old and I want that freedom. I have my <laughs> dreams. I have my whole life in front of me. You know, I'm going out on the road. I can't wait to see it. It's a myth. You know, it's a myth that people my age bought into when they were young. And again, like if you talk about rebellion, you, again, when you, what are you rebelling against? You have become what you're <laughs> rebelling against, whether you like it or not, you yeah. know, and no matter who you are, the, the biggest rebel, Bruce has become what he's rebelling against, right? Yeah. He's a rich man, uh, you know, and not a rich man, but a, a successful working person. Yeah. They, you know, they say you either die a hero or see yourself live long enough to become the villain. Uh, and, uh, where'd you get that? It's pretty good. I, I don't remember what that... I'd have to look that one up. You should yeah. claim that. I just wrote that, <laughs> I just wrote that Steve. Uh, listen, uh, we, we got to do this. We gotta, I, listen, we're, without the, the flashy headline, Lisa Marie died today at 54 yeah. years old, cardiac arrest. Uh, uh, there are no words. Yeah. You know, because there was... It just... She, you saw her on Tuesday night uh, at the Golden Globes as she was watching Austin Butler win the award as Elvis playing her father. And it's just so sad. It's just so sad. Yeah. Uh, it's very sudden. Um, I mean, and Jeff... Uh, another Jeff person, Beck, the same Lisa, thing. Yeah. At 2023, just started. We're, hard, we're not even two Bacterial weeks in. Bacterial meningitis. I didn't yeah. even know they're still around. I... Right? Yeah, well, and do, you know how what that is, though, right? Like how you were telling me. Is. Yeah, yeah. It, it like causes swelling on your your spine, and uh, it's it seems. Do like they know a, how we got it? I, I don't know if I, that's that's. Has that been has, it has been out there? That has been out there. Yet, yeah. yeah. What else we got going on? Um, but yeah, yeah, Presley. Uh, but uh, and what else we got going on? But in New Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, the NJ governor Phil Murphy wants to increase the number of liquor licenses in New Jersey. We talked about that last night. We did. It, well, we uh -oh. didn't. You weren't here. If you listened, we did. You did it without me. I, that wasn't easy. Uh, now, well, here's the thing: the idea of the liquor licenses is that you, the people who got the liquor licenses, and been handed down through the generations, paid a lot of money for them. Mm -hmm. Like in some cases, over a million dollars. So the idea of cheaper liquor license is not going to sit well with them. Oh no! Meanwhile, you have, and we talked about this earlier, the marijuana bars. Where they're trying to figure out, you know, you remember the marijuana bars when they're talking about how they want to have public places where people in New Jersey can buy recreational weed and go and enjoy it. So I don't know if they didn't even say if you could buy it there, but this is where you can go and enjoy it. So why not give the restaurants marijuana licenses? So now you can go to your restaurant, they can sell you an edible on the menu, you'll pay for it. And you can enjoy it there and uh, enjoy it with your meal. may probably make you want to order more. <laughs> you could save the restaurant industry because, you know what, keep your booze. I'll, you know, I'll be glad to serve my soft drink if I can be able to serve edibles as well. Yeah. Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. Because and the rules with the marijuana bars they're saying is 
you when we do this, you're not you're going, to, you're going to be allowed to bring food, and you can be allowed to order out, have the food delivered, but you cannot serve food, which I find absurd. Yeah, wouldn't and, that make the most sense? It would, and uh, the reason is to you know help protect restaurants that also serve alcohol, which I don't really think would be an issue. You know, I, I don't. If people go to a restaurant, they're going for the food. If they go to a brewery, they're probably not going for the food. But if they're going, but even like if they're going to the restaurant and they're able to drink, yeah. what's the difference if they can go to the restaurant? Why shouldn't they be able to go to the restaurant and be able to enjoy an edible? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and let them, let them do that. Now the restaurants can advertise that. They can sell it. They can make more money and they can draw more people. And yeah, and uh, there's reason to believe that it would be a, a safer alternative to alcohol in some cases, too, for some people, depending on the individual. It makes sense to me. So you know where it's going to go then, right? <laughs> when it makes sense to me, that's the first problem. Hey, man, great job tonight. Have a good one. This has been the Steve Travelee Show On Demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.